Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another night of Fandom Access. I am your ever-faithful host, AJ. Greetings and salutations. So, big show tonight. Uh, Aside from Doctor Who, we will be discussing the Book of Boa Fett's premiere episode, Star Trek Discovery, The Expanse, and we're going to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. Let me welcome my first co-host. Maybe. Hello. Good evening, Jamie. Good evening. I almost didn't make it. I had like that down. (laughs) But I made it. So, uh, here in a second, we can do, I guess, Doctor Who first, as we usually do. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And then Spider-Man, because I don't, haven't seen the rest, so. Or rather, don't watch the rest, not haven't seen the rest. Right. So Are you going to watch Boba Fett? No. So how, I haven't even watched Mal Mandalorian yet. So. Okay. I didn't know where you were at with all that. <laughs> no, I want to. I just have not had time. So how was your New Year's? Uneventful. Didn't do anything. <laughs> you know, I find the older I get, the less I, the less I care. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, I guess Karen's running a few minutes late. Which is very unusual for Karen. I hope she yeah, didn't forget about us. Uh, <laughs> I will text her. But, I mean, we could start, but she'll probably be here in a second. Are you coming? <laughs> well, the only thing I can I can say is we could start what we thought of the movie if you want, or we can wait. Unless you have anything else to mention that you watched. Did you watch? You don't watch Harry Potter. I say, did you watch the Harry Potter special, but you don't watch Harry Potter? No. It doesn't help. Oh, I, I will think she responded. Interview. Oh, that's your message. <laughs> I, uh, yes, my message for people interested. We'll be going up tomorrow. Uh, before the Good Sam premiere oh, there is actually she done. Is. It's done. I'm waiting for the video to get approved. But Karen. Hi, guys. I How found Karen. Hello. Hi, Karen. No, I got a text at 10.01. Are you coming? <laughs> we're, we're sitting here. <laughs> Sorry, I'm here. I'm here. Listen, That's okay. listen if, Jamie's on, if Jamie's on time, there's no excuse for Karen being late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. So, Karen, let me ask you quickly before we, we start on Doctor Who. Did you watch the Harry Potter special? I have yes. not watched it yet, no. You have not watched it yet. Okay, well, then we'll ask you about it. I was just saying, yes. uh, my interview with Jason will be up tomorrow. Um, videos? Maybe not. I don't know. I'm still waiting to hear back because I've had them done for a couple days now, but that's a whole other issue. But, um <laughs> That'll be going up tomorrow. So, uh, cool. So anyway, but it's a pretty good special. I think it was interesting watching it and 
been talking about some of the things. Some of the stuff I didn't know. I mean, a lot of it kind of repeated. Some of it wasn't. So I thought. It was... Yeah, and there's I've been a lot like... of people that way in the show. I realize or think about how many people over the years, like cast wise, have passed away. Oh uh, yeah. Um, yep. I have been like avoiding the internet because I don't want to. You know, I don't know if any. I want to see. I don't know if any like interesting tidbits will come out of it that I'd like to. You know, just see for myself. So I've been yeah. like trying to avoid any headlines or stories about it. Or something like that. Um, is that a surprise? Or at least close to that, anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. So, okay. All right. Well, you want to start on Doctor Who then? Sure. Let's talk about the Doctor Who New Year special. Oh, we'll also say because I just thought about it with Alex Kingston. Um, for people to to watch Twitter because I'll be starting soon to take. Uh, questions for different discovery witches past. I believe I'm talking to the Palmer on Thursday. My, my, no. Anyway. <laughs> for discovery witches. You don't watch it. I know you don't. But I did. I actually watched season two because uh, oh, whatever the last season was, two, three, I, I'm caught up on it. I watched it because there was nothing on television oh. during the pandemic, so I watched shows that I don't like. Uh, so I'm totally caught up on it. Okay, well, season three is coming out, so the interviews will be on about season three. But anyway, I'm talking to Teresa and Alex later on, who are, and some other who. So who are who? Who are they? Who do Teresa, they play? I don't know. Um, yeah, who Palmer plays? Um, the main one, the main switch. <laughs> oh, she plays Diana. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I, I don't know. Interviewed her before. Sorry, I'm, my brain's not with it. But anyway, yes, and let's be with the other cast, but I haven't gotten confirmation on days and stuff yet. So I'll if I was a bigger fan, like, I wouldn't know who they are. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, but, yeah, so those interviews are coming up. And resonant alien interviews are coming up. And TCAs are coming up and all that good stuff. So, all right. Great. Okay, well, let's move on to Doctor Who. Or okay. as this person says on this recap, or should they say Groundhog Day? Um, I, you know, I kind of like this episode. I mean, it was a little silly, but I think, like, story-wise, it, it felt like the tone was good. It was fast-paced. It was it was a little dippy in spots, but I don't know. For the most part, I liked it. What did you think? Did you like it or no? Yeah, I thought it was a very – I thought it was really a pretty good episode, particularly after – what I thought was a really bad run with the flux. This, like, I just thought this last season, you know, I didn't really like it that much. Um, and I thought this was a big nobody improvement. Really, well, most people don't really like it this much, that much. Yeah. I shouldn't say no, but most people yeah. don't like it that much. Even so I, I didn't like I, that. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought this was much better than a lot of, than what we've seen over the previous six episodes. Um, and I wish yeah. Chidnall had maybe um, used some of this, you know, creative energy that he had that inspired him for this. So I, I kind of liked it. Um, I thought for a New Year's special, for for the holiday special, it felt a little small. Like these tend to be kind of like, well, sort of I don't know. Episode. I mean, it, essentially, it was, all, it was like they were outside one moment, but it was like it was 95%. It was like 99% yeah. of bottle episode, except for one scene at the end. Um, uh, it's, it just a little stripped down compared to other um, 
holiday episodes that tend to be traveling in time or have a big set piece or whatever, but this is COVID, right? And so I appreciate that maybe they had to, you know, scale that. You can't, although they had tons of characters in flux. But anyway, I, I thought it was generally pretty good and generally a big improvement and pretty tight contained story. Um, Mm -hmm without a lot of extra people and a lot of crazy shit happening. I mean, we've seen time loops before on Doctor Who, right? But this was, yeah. I, like, I just thought it was generally pretty well done. Do I have some quibbles with it? Yes. Mostly small yeah. quibbles. And I have one um, larger complaint, maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. I, yeah, I thought it was but pretty tight otherwise. and pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also, I the like best Ace episode of, of the season. Yeah, yes, true. Uh, it was. Uh, but I like Ace. Well, no, I don't know. I liked the, the I liked the the um, Angel episode too. But there was so oh, yeah. much. It had a lot of really good parts, but at the same time, it had a lot of really bad parts. Where this episode was, you know, mostly good. So I'd say this one probably was still better than that. I guess overall, if you go by if you if you take away all the bad stuff from it. Um, so anyway, this one was pretty good. Um, but uh, I was gonna say I like Aisling B, but I liked her already. So before this, but um, I thought she was the one that played the main um, guest star, the female in the episode. Um, she's funny. I Sarah, like her. She played Sarah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's time loop. I mean, I mean, it was funny. It was it was quirky. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say anything like super important happened because, I mean, it was a time loop episode. The Daleks tried to kill him. The Daleks tried to kill him. They got away. I mean, that was essentially the episode. I can't say it was maybe revolutionary, but, uh, but it was pretty good. Um, now, I do not, and, and this is kind of what we talked about, I do not know that I really like um, – I am like, I hate when I do that sometimes. Yes. I just like, I don't yes. know. All the character names disappear from my head. Yes. I don't really know that I like her liking the doctor. I mean, I guess I, I've seen that she likes the doctor. I don't necessarily see that the doctor likes her that way, but she pretty much ignored it. So they really didn't say whether she did or not. Um, I mean, I don't know. Let's look. We, we've said before, and people have argued of whether you even need romance in Doctor Who. I mean, I always liked Claire and the Doctor. A lot of people didn't. You know, I think everybody kind of feels differently about, you know, relationships or ships in it. Does it need to have a ship? Not really. I mean, that's not really what the show's about, but, you know, it's neither here nor there. It didn't, like, ruin the episode or anything. I mean, it's, it's okay. I just really don't see it. But uh, that's just my opinion. I mean, I... I I don't like the doctor having a romantic relationship with the companion period. I mean, I prefer the companion to be a com- like a companion in the sense of the word and a friend and a partner or whatever. I didn't like, I mean, I, to me, that's how I felt about the doctor and Claire. I'm not sure I really saw it until it was sort of like shoved down on me. Um, I mean, the doctor and Rose, I mean, that that was that's different and that's yeah. kind of well done because it's so clear on Rose's part and then it becomes more of a thing. And then of course the doctor marries River. River is the doctor's wife, right? I mean I do kind mm-hmm. of feel like the doctor like the doctor lost Rose, the doctor lost River, the doctor lost Claire the doctor I, 
I guess I'm not sure the doctor's in a place to be in a romantic relationship, period, right now with anyone. Like, I guess still reeling from a lot of loss and from learning all this stuff about herself or whatever. Um, I mean, has it been there? Like, if you went back and watched, like, you could see, like, subtext um, where you could have read it definitely that Yaz was falling for the doctor. Um, You know, I read... um, uh, you know, I guess in some comments, like, like, like you could have said that that was just in there to sort of like satisfy some chippery, you know, audience or or some audience that yeah, like actually the word the word I saw was, the word I saw and this is not my terms so I just wanted to be clear I'm not making up this word but the word I saw was queer baiting that I saw in an article like is this queer like is was it like all this subtext were they just queer baiting no they weren't this is real like Yaz really likes the doctor so that's cool I guess that it's not just uh, and I yeah, don't I think, think it's like the doctor answer. we talked about this the doctor is neither male nor female and the doctor I, like is neither gay nor straight there's like first of all the doctor's like past that like the doctor has said so many times that why like so many versions of the doctor have been like why are humans and are so hung up on gender right but the doctor was in love with rose when the doctor's body was a man just because the doctor is in a woman's body right now isn't going to mean the doctor doesn't still love rose right yeah yeah so the doc- that's why to me, it's not that that matters, you know, it doesn't, it's fine. It's just, it's a little different. Like, it's hard to reconcile the fact that it's a woman now, not that there's anything wrong with that or I have a problem with that. Right. It's just, I don't see the doctor as a man because he's, he, she has been a man, you know? Um, yeah. Does that mean that, that he, she still likes girls? Does that mean he, she starts liking guys? I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. Um, I just feel like I really right now, I, I agree with what you said. I don't really think that the doctor is in a position or looking for a relationship. So I didn't need it one way or another. Um, I mean, it's fine that Yaz feels that way. I, I think to some extent, all the companions, I mean, not, not always a romantic love. Don't, don't, let me, don't want to say right, that the wrong right. way. But I think to some extent, all the companions fall a little bit in love with the doctor because they're the audience. And yeah, I think especially out of these companions has been the audience. And and yeah. you want to love the doctor, whether it's love for adventure or, or friendship or family or romance, you know, whatever. I think they yeah. all have that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's fine. I just don't necessarily think the doctor feels that back. Maybe the doctor does. I don't know. Um, since they, you know, we haven't seen further. It's kind of hard to say. All I know is in this episode, she didn't answer. I mean, she pretty much ignored him, and he said, hey, I know you know what I'm talking about, and you're ignoring me, and she continued to ignore him. So it's kind of unclear. Um, uh, yeah. Will they tell us? I don't know. You know, that's, that's and, yet and One thing that I really don't see, like, like okay, we could say, like, we, we've seen over the seasons – the way Yaz sometimes looks at the doctor or the way – remember when the doctor was missing for, like, 10 months and everybody moved on with their lives except Yaz spent 10 months, like, obsessively trying yeah, to, like, find the doctor? Yeah, I was um, say, I did kind of know that. And also – because I, I watched a lot during the um, – Me too. During the during marathon. The, yeah, yeah, the marathon. Um, I did notice that. Yeah. And also, I did 
originally, I will say, I did notice it, like, during the year, when she was gone for a couple of years, like, the way, like, he said how she looked at the, the hologram. I did kind of notice it then, but, like, I didn't really think much of it, I guess. But, like, thinking back, I see it. Um, I guess I, but, I didn't either. So partly why I don't see it, I think, is because this doctor has not been a person that, I feel has earned Yaz's love, romantic love. Like the doc, like the like the doctor always calls them my fam and their family, and and like I bought them as a group. But the doctor has not been an open or forthcoming person, or has not really been. I, I just don't see that this doctor is so preoccupied and distracted and secretive, um, that I like. I'm like really, like you fell in love with her because she's, she's really not like, I don't know. I just don't see this doctor as a person that like, I could see why Rose fell in love with the doctor. I like, I don't really see it, but I can agree that, okay, like Clara could have been in love, even though Clara was in love with Danny, then Clara was in love with the doctor. And that like, I could see it in some other cases, but I just feel like 13 is not, I don't know. To me. Well, yeah. I feel like we have Not that she's not. It's not accurate, because I was going to say we haven't had this doctor as long, but we have. I think it's just they have not until this point really shown, it's like you said, that side of the doctor. Like, there hasn't really, like, usually the doctor still sometimes flirts with people. Like, I haven't really, yeah. and maybe I just don't see it, I don't know, but I haven't noticed yeah. that with this stuff. The um, doctor's very flirty, no. especially with guest stars. Yeah, Always, and, and I have right? definitely have not seen um, the Thirteenth Doctor uh, be flirty with anybody. Um, so maybe that's too why I don't necessarily see it. Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I can say. I don't um, know. We'll have to wait. I mean, part of the reason also may be like again, I'm going to complain about the terrible way Chibnall has written Yes for three seasons. And, you know, I always feel like they haven't done right by Yaz. And I really think they, like, it bothers me that there's finally this moment where it's it's revealed that Yaz has flown to the doctor and Dan gets to do that. Like, it's Dan who says, oh, obviously you're in love with her. Have you told her? And then Dan tells the doctor, like, obviously you need to, like, you know. And I'm like, what? Like, you don't even let Yaz have a little told the doctor instead of her. Like, that should have been her I was kind of like, that wasn't his place to tell her, I felt right. like. Right, That's it's not his place. But... And, and, it's, and it bothers me that the writers, like, took that scene away from Yaz. Oh. You know, because there's some Chibnall who does good with the writing, which I think is, like, the historical elements. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the rest of it, not so much, including character yeah. development. I think the uh, the other thing, and, and this obviously was, was a problem all season, but um, as much as this only had one storyline, it still was a little, like, had a lot more, like, plan-wise than it needed to, I guess. Like, they had to go through all these different loops and do the wrong thing just so they wouldn't predict what they were actually going to do, but we didn't, like, even need to see that part. You know what I mean? Like, that was kind of convoluted. And, I mean, it worked. Like I said, it it was good. I I just, I thought about it after, and I thought some of that was kind of unnecessary. Like, I would have rather seen more, like, funny things in between each loop or something even. 
rather than like the unnecessary planning that didn't make a lot of sense because half the plans they made they couldn't use anyway. Um, well, I mean, yeah. you have to see the doctor making plans. That's like Doctor Who. That's the show. That's true. That's it's true. The and the plans don't all be... plan, right? I mean, yeah, that's but, the show that yeah. you're watching. Uh, yeah. Um, that has I don't to know. be it's there. A little overcomplicated, more to me than it needed to be at at times. Really? But it's still a pretty good episode. I mean, I thought not it overcomplicated, was not understandable or anything. I just mean like I feel like it. I don't know. Like there were too many threads. I, in a way, I don't know. It was still good. I mean, regardless, it was good. I just, after the fact, was kind of thinking about it. Um, that I don't know all that was necessary, but but it was still a good episode. So, um, I, 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 I'm. It's funny. This guy we know nothing about, though. This guy that stored, you know, fireworks and and you know, bombs and stuff that were in the bomb and all that. We don't know episode. anything about this. There he was, Jeff. That's yeah. all we know. Um, I, I mean, I really enjoyed uh, Nick and Sarah, the other two characters yeah. from the from the yeah. storage place. I thought they were very um, well they done. Were really cool. I, I thought well acted, likable, and uh, like Nick's crush on Sarah is 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 obvious from the moment they're on screen together, but like not in a overacted yeah, or overwritten yeah. way. Like I, I, you can see it as good. I thought they had a good storyline. I, I thought. Sarah was yeah. kind of a great character. She's kind of like, she's so mean. To, she doesn't mean to be mean to him, but she's so mean to him, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And he's just this poor kind of sad sack guy. And um, uh, like I thought they were great. Hey, a good um, though. What you want for a holiday special? Yeah. Which is all we're gonna get now. We have two more holiday specials, um, and then the yeah, then the. Season yeah, that's in 20. what I'm kind of a little unclear about. I thought they've made it sound like the next two that are, or three or something that are coming are connected, but I'm not sure if they are or they're just different holiday specials. I've read different things because the well, new the Doctor third... is not until 2013. So I think you mean 2023, Jamie? <laughs> or, or, yeah, you know what I mean. 2013, you're in a time loop. Yeah, I'm in a time loop. Um, 2023, um, I I thought like the if there are two or three or whatever specials that are left, I had thought at first we're going to be like during the year. But you may There's be two right. More, I think. Well, because it can't be two holidays, like it can't be two winters though, or that would take it into oh, 2020. Yeah. I'm not so, sure, but we're getting two specials and that's it. Right, and then yeah, that's why she didn't regenerate. Yeah. Like I, I expected her to regenerate in this episode, and then I was like, oh right, there's another special. That's why. No, there's she's not regenerating. Two more. I'm not sure if it's two or three. I'm, I, I want to say two more. It's at least two. two. Maybe it's two. Maybe it's not three. Maybe it's, it's two. Try yeah. to remember. Um, but yeah, and then the new doctor comes. They'll probably be in a year, within a year, announcing it. Um. You know, there's so many things I've read about who's going to be the new doctor. I, I just quit reading them because people say that this person's going to be it because just because the writer mentioned they like this actor or because somebody said that, like, you just, you can't, they're not going to tell you and anything you read is going to be fake anyway. So just well, <laughs> don't even bother. Look, they, they only, over the, that's all you know. It's not, they only, I believe it's not cast. They only just announced. Russell Davies, like, uh, what, two months ago or something? 
And I assume yeah, they've I only just begun writing it, and you wouldn't really cast your doctor until you write some episodes and, and like, know who, who well, he is. I, I, Unless you're like, I'm writing, I want this actor, and I'm just going to write for this actor. I don't think they've been quote-unquote cast, but I think that probably he knows who he plans to cast. I mean, I would Maybe. think he probably has has an I like has a plan. Whether or not they'll agree to it and whether or not it'll work out, I don't know. But I would think that he probably has a pretty good idea by now, I would think. He might. I mean, he might. I they mean don't a lot of shows, have a business, do they? No, usually, but that's like we want. No, but that doesn't mean that they know who it is before they start writing. I'm just saying like maybe you need to write your character and get to know your character before you cast it. Maybe. Maybe. Right? You don't Let's just like you don't just pick someone and say, I'm gonna write a show for this person and then like well the I don't know. thing is is you first episode is kind of sort of the old doctor in the new actor anyway it so is. yes it is it is and they're you know but they've only just started writing so like oh, yeah you're yeah, right definitely. all these episodes that say that say I saw one recently that said so-and-so was definitely going to be the doctor and I was like all right yes but well it wasn't a British tabloid like there's a whole industry like why would I read a British mean, tabloid yeah it doesn't mean oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. um so yeah um, so anyhow, yeah. Okay. I guess there was a preview. I didn't have a preview on mine. I don't think. I, I don't, don't remember a preview. But I keep seeing it? all these pictures, sea devils or whatever, sea whatever, and I don't know if I missed the preview or what. Preview of what? Show the special. Out. Yeah, because I've seen pictures constantly all over the place that it's about the sea devils because they sort of kept the same design, which is really old school weird. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember seeing a preview of it, so I didn't see that. Maybe I, I watched it on it. my. Maybe it I watched on, it on just on YouTube. I believe I watched it on DVR, maybe, or did I watch it live? I watched it. Maybe they got it in England and not here. I don't know. Oh, I know but, why. You know. I watched. I know why. I watched the first special. I watched it when it was at two o'clock. I didn't watch That's it at the extent. That's probably yeah, why. I didn't, I didn't watch on. the extended one either. And what was probably on then? Um, yeah. Yeah. They probably. Then. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll you know when we yeah. get news, or maybe we'll we'll come back and talk about it a bit. But if not, it'll probably be a yeah. while until we until yeah. we have more discussions. Yep. All right. All right. So, that then. moving right All along right. then. You guys want to talk about now? About what? About Spider-Man. I just went to watch Spider-Man today. I know you did. Before we start, though, there's one thing I got to say because it is driving me crazy. I watched, okay, I watched, and, and I get the titles mixed up, whatever the second Spider-Man movie is with Tom Holland. Um, I watched it, like, the night before. Okay, because I just saw Spider-Man yesterday. Far from home. So I saw Far From Home. So I saw Far From Home Sunday and watched Spider-Man yesterday. Anyway, there's one thing that irritated the crap out of me because I probably would not have noticed it if I not had just watched it. Okay, in Far From Home, the villain, okay, he's from an alternate universe because there is a scene where Tom is like, there's more. No, he's not. He's not. He's lying. Well, He's whatever, lying. but the point is, is there's a scene where Tom goes, there's a multiverse? And he does the same thing in this movie. Like, he already did that. I didn't quite get what the point of him being surprised again was. Hmm. I don't because know. Because he knows 
Cause he kn- because he knows that he was lying in Far From Home. Well, I know that he was lying, but I kind of assumed that he still, like, knew at that point. Well, I guess that's true if you think about it that way. Well, he's a guy with just to me. Like the same reaction, and it seemed like it was dumb. Like you were, you already did this. I don't know. That's what I felt like. But I, like I said, I had just watched it, so that was kind of, um, kind of why. I that don't know. Was the, I like that the, was the thing that annoyed you about the movie. <laughs> yeah, annoyed me. I just saying it annoyed me. Look, I liked this movie. I thought it was a fun, enjoyable movie. Did it have a lot of problems? Yes. Um, but I mean, I still enjoyed it. I think it was too long. I think there was a lot they all, of crap. They all, every Marvel movie is like 30 minutes too long. Yeah, but it, it it makes it seem way, way longer when you really, really, really got to pee and you're sitting there for like the last hour and all you can think is, I got to pee, hurry up. But you got to pace your soda. You know what happened, you guys? You know what happened? When I went to the movie theater today, I ordered a popcorn and a Diet Coke, and they said, oh, our soda machine is broken, so I only had popcorn. So I guess that's why I maybe didn't notice as much because I had I had only a, a bottle of water. I had limited fluid consumption during the film. Yeah, I have to remember during Marvel movies, don't drink a lot. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was a fun movie. My thing is, is the part that I think that there was too much of, and not that it wasn't funny, but there was so much of, like, the, in my opinion, the three Peters, like, oh, we all have – you know, we all have Kane. We all had an MJ. We all, and like, just kind of like that banner and like making fun of the fact that all three of them were there and like the jokes surrounding that. I felt like there was a lot more than there needed to be. That was the part I think kind of like was a little too much, more than necessary, I guess. I felt like. I don't know. Well, like I said, they just should have put more Benedict and less Tom. No. <laughs> no, but. But I don't know. Overall, story-wise, I thought it was kind of good. I mean, I like the way that they brought in other villains and stuff. Uh, so someone said to me, did you say last week on this podcast, AJ, that it's basically a team movie? Or did someone else say that to me? Because I did not say that. It, like, I, I, whoever said that to me, I'm like, okay, yeah, the main characters are teens, so there's that aspect of it. But okay. it really felt to me like a teen movie that's going for a teen audience um, and not so much of an adult audience because there's, like, much teens. I mean, all three of them have a lot of teen kind of drama. Like, the Peter Parker I'm more familiar with from the old Spider-Man cartoon and stuff, and maybe, like, I remember Peter Parker as an as an older person working as a reporter for the Daily Bugle, right, AJ? He's a photographer. Photographer, yeah, all right. Yeah, in the comic book also, he's always got that camera, right? I, I don't know why I've seen some yeah. Spider-Man comic books, but I have. Uh, photographer well, I think for the Daily Bugle. Yeah, he was, too. At least that's what I also remember. Um, was kind of this yeah, older yeah. version. Yeah, yeah, Toby Maguire worked for the Daily Bugle, right? He wasn't in high school, Andrew Garfield was in high school, I don't think, yeah. in, the, in the original movies. No. Um, I mean, it didn't so, bother me, but I but, see what you're saying. It's a little younger. So this is a younger movie, even though Tom Holland's like 26 in real life. Um, there are some things that I did like a lot about this movie also. Um, let me, AJ, why don't we, AJ, you've been sitting on this movie for like two weeks waiting for us to watch it. So have at it. Uh, I, I'm glad... 
I'm glad you guys went first because I, I, I knew this was going to happen. Um, you guys clearly did not enjoy it as much as I did. Um, no, I it is my it. favorite Marvel movie. It is my Shut favorite up. Marvel I movie. I felt, I felt no. this movie was practically perfect. No way. Like, I so love yeah, every yeah, aspect the plot, of the movie. The story is, like, almost incomprehensible. No, I thought the story was pretty good. I liked how they used the multiverse, but I like multiverse stories, so. I think the multiverse is going to be like, a, all right, let's set aside my problems with the Marvel multiverse in general. What did you love about this movie, AJ? And I, I mean that everything. genuinely. I'm not, I'm not, like, tricking you. No, I, I, know, no, I, I know you did. Um, but, no, everything. Like, I just. I I loved I I felt like um I felt like Toby and Andrew were not overused. They kind of came in exactly where I expected them, which was the third act. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, for a two and a half hour movie, they they were in maybe maybe about forty five minutes of it, which was just right. This way, Tom Holland is still the star of the movie. Um, I just I don't know. I loved everything about it. I loved seeing all the old villains. I, I don't know, maybe part of it is because Willem Dafoe is just a master. I, that, that, his performance blew me away simply because <clears throat> he hasn't played this character in 20 years, and it's like he just stepped right back into a pair of shoes. And that, maybe that's, for me, too, also some of the other stuff I loved was they actually they made the Goblin character more comic book accurate with, you know, something simple as him putting on a sweatshirt and then it gets torn and tattered and the colors of it is straight out. I mean, he looks straight out of the comics now. Like I actually always had a problem with um, the original look for him, which was, you know, the whole metal suit and everything, um, which I got at the time, you know, I, they like to update stuff and everything, but this kind of like brought that iconic look of him back. Um, Electro actually has yellow lightning instead of blue, which never made sense to me. Cause let me tell you, I hated the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. They were so bad. I didn't watch them. Um, I didn't watch them. I, yeah, I, I've seen part okay. of one. Okay, of so maybe the, so I, that's so that could be that could be part of it for you because you know you're not for, as you know familiar with all three Spider-Men. Um, I don't. I just I really really enjoyed it, and I you know and I it's funny because you know with all the speculation leading up to it and everything, you know it's like oh uh, you know are they in it? Aren't they in it? You know and trying to keep the secret I'm and everything. Um, yeah. you know, I, I always said, I always knew that they were going to be in it simply because if Spider-Man had a face, the sinister, if Tom Holland had a face, the sinister six on his own, they'd be the last Spider-Man movie because they would beat the shit out of him <laughs> because there's yeah. no way in his, in his current state and his, where he's at as Spider-Man that he could beat all of them by himself. <laughs> he was going to need yeah. help. <laughs> well, um, I, I just, I absolutely loved it though. I, I just, I thought the story was great. I thought everything they did with it was great. They, and I think part of the reason I also loved it, is they, the end of the movie fixed one of my, my biggest problem with the Spider-Man movies is the high tech. I hated all the Tony Stark stuff that, Spider-Man has been using in and out of all these movies. And I like that at the end of the movie, they kind of fixed that and they, they, you know, they, they erased everything in a way so that he could go old school and rely on himself and not all this outside, you know, problems. And in, the, in the end, he's back in a hand-sewn outfit. Exactly. Right. He, he's back to a hand-sewn disguise and just like the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Uh, 
thought, because I think I found a, a loophole um, for the story. Would the spell affect people off-world? That is a good question, Jamie, because I've actually been talking about that with people. And the spell in the spell, Strange says everyone on Earth. So okay. technically, so, and it might be, an, and it could be an intentional loophole because then technically, Thor would still know who but, he was. Guardians of the Galaxy would still know him. So yeah, that was what the point was. Well, I meant because I was thinking about how um, what's his face, the two, what would you, what's this? I don't know what it is with me and names. Um, uh, <laughs> well, Fury, Fury was because it wasn't really Fury in the last movie. He, I mean, oh, he was on that okay, yes. So, yes, technically, yes, technically Fury, because he's in outer space, he would know, to, yes. Captain Marvel would know. Yeah. Yeah. Thor, was, yeah. Uh, anybody who's off-world. I, I, if you go, I, I meant, when I said that, I meant an intentional loophole, that that was how they'd get him back, like, later when they needed him. Um, well, and yet the original, the original spell, the original spell was clearly intended only to affect people on Earth, and it ended up bringing in people from other worlds. Right, well, like the original was, spell also was intended only for. It us. also was originally fun. only made to make people forget who Spider-Man was. I mean, in the end, it ended up that it made him forget right. everything related to Peter too, which wasn't the original intent. Yes. But, um, I mean, were there issues with? Because to me, I thought of things like the fact that it wouldn't affect technology and like, it made no sense to me that Peter had no high school record now and he had to get a GED, but that's, you know, I, there are nitpicks. It's still a Marvel movie, but I really did like it a lot. I mean, it's not my favorite out of all of them. I still like Dr. Strange more, but I really, lo- and not because of Benedict. I've watched Dr. Strange before. <laughs> I don't but, believe you. But, <laughs> I don't believe you either. I started watching Sherlock after that, but, um, but um, I really liked it. And, you know, the one thing that I liked about Spider-Man, and, and I watched these last, the other two movies, like I said, like in the last week or so. So I had just watched them. I like that Spider-Man is less superhero um, because he doesn't have certain powers, but also because he's a teen. You were talking about the teen stuff. I actually kind of like the fact that he's a stupid kid because as I was watching, I'm thinking he makes these same dumb mistakes over and over. He still does such stupid things, but he's a teenager. It makes sense that he makes such stupid mistakes. Now, I feel like now that May died because of the mistakes, which I fully saw coming, but regardless of that, now that she died, I think that that should change somewhat. But, like, up until that point, I totally see that he is, like, bumbling. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mind that. I, I kind of like that, that he's just, you know, a silly teenager. Um my my other main nitpick was how the heck what's his face opens the portal <laughs> so easy, but that was still funny. It was still cool, even though it oh, didn't make a lot ring. of sense. I mean, he has the ring. Yeah, I know, but think about how long it took Stephen to be able to open the portal, and he does it on the first try, which is actually kind of funny. Just makes it make yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's some magic. He his grandmother or whatever I mean, said they had magic. As- <laughs> yes, but also, like, part of the problem, like, without, like, dissecting another movie so much, Dr. Strange fundamentally did not believe in magic or anything other than his own abilities. He was, like, very arrogant about his own ability and about science and stuff, whereas, um, God, I want, I want to keep calling him Jacob. Uh, what, who is the man in the, what's his name, the character's name, the best friend? Um, you know, he's very open to magic. He's 
what's yeah. his, I forget his name. What AJ is his name? Ned. 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 Like Ned is very open to magic from the very beginning and says, "Oh, do you, you know, like yes, his grandmother's told him about it, but he also, I mean, they've they've seen it happen in previous films. But Strange was like, Strange makes a big deal in the beginning of his journey how he doesn't believe in magic and it's not real, and and he goes to, um, and he also doesn't believe in himself either. I think a lot of it's also well, self confidence. I, I mean, or not, yeah. I mean, not doesn't believe in himself, doesn't believe in himself in that." part of him, not in yeah. at all, because obviously yeah. he was stuck and he, goes, he, he goes there seeking really a scientific cure in the beginning. Um, but yeah. anyway, so I think that's part of it. I, so the killing of Aunt May, so it did feel a little unnecessary to me. Jamie, you make a point. Is that important for the maturation of this character in subsequent films? Because, like, like, as he gets older, you could also just, like, not have Aunt May be in it that much. Like, isn't Aunt May, like, an old lady in the comic books, right, AJ? Like, I picked yeah. her up with gray, gray hair yeah, and a bun, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, Aunt May is then, much uh, older in the comics. Like, like you, could just, you could just have him grow up being an adult and, like, not talk to live with Aunt May anymore, right? Like, like killing her, I could see it um, uh, be necessary. Uh, what, what I... What I especially didn't love about Aunt May in this, in okay, I like Aunt May. I, I really didn't like where they put Happy in it. Like Happy, like Happy was used strictly as comic relief throughout this film. Um, was that's not all useful happy ever. in any. <laughs> no, I mean he has in the past been a little bit useful as as Tony Stark's like, um, you know, assistant, and then later like you know, and best friend, and late, and and then the previous film being helpful like technology wise and like his only purpose in this entire movie is to have like a machine in this kitchen that spider-man can use right like and he's just a pathetic loser for the whole rest of the movie like pining after aunt may in a stalkerish manner and i mean yeah happy's always been kind of comic relief but his was like a pretty useless character in this film and well and creepy happy's, um i thought it was strange to i mean happy then she- like it seemed she never dated Tony. No, she well, never. been in love with Pepper. Aunt May never dated Tony. She never dated him, but they thought made it look like he. He thought that anyway. No, to, no. Tony, Tony, Tony was with Pepper Tony, from Tony had a thing for Aunt May because Aunt May was hot. <laughs> I guess that's true. They didn't actually go out. Tony, but either way, Tony never. But, Tony never dated anyone except Pepper in any of these movies. Yeah. Um, All right. So anyway, I so anyway I so let me ask you a couple of questions, AJ. Because I didn't watch the Andrew Garfield movies, that's why I've never. So I was like, Jamie Fox can wield like Electro, new to me. Um, the guy who's made out of sand, uh, new to me. Sandman. And Sandman. You, so you never hold on. So you didn't you didn't see the third um, Tobey Maguire movie? I did see all three Tony. Toby was he in that? Is the Sandman okay, in the Toby? Yeah. They're old. That's a twenty year twenty year old movie, right? Yeah, I think it's just because it's been so Something long. Like so the Sandman is in that, and then I was yes. like, wait, this guy's this other guy. His superpower is turning himself into a lizard. Like what? Like is the Lizard Man a thing? That's, also, that's yeah, that's Spider Man. Yeah, that that's that's Kurt Connors, and that's literally his name, the Lizard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. All right, so to give you, give you a quick background, 
Doc Connors was researching. No, not Doc Ock. Doc Doctor Connors. Doc Connors. Yeah. Was, yes. Was researching because he was he was trying to um, see if he could find a way for humans to replicate uh, and grow new limbs like reptiles. Like a like and, some, like salamanders, yeah. Yeah, and he ended up turning himself into a lizard. In this movie, he says things like, "Like it is intimated in this movie that he thought everyone should be turned into a lizard. Like he wanted to turn everyone in the world into li- like oh, yeah. it would be. Oh, it's the next yeah. step in evolution is to become lizards. That's that's, that's what he. Well, that's really what he tried. Planned. Yeah, that's. That's what he tried to do. And after he became a lizard, his brain kind of went a little wonky. So that's yeah. but that's what he tried to do in the in the first uh, Andrew Garfield movie. All right. He had, he had so, a toxin yeah. that he was going to release on the city. I turn to the lizard people. Um, okay. I mean, I figured that's where they came from. I'm with you on the other two Spider Men. I think they appeared um, at the right time to not overdo it, but that like, like, our Peter Parker needed help. There, he would. You're right. He would have gotten killed by those guys. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think we all saw it coming, but it was still kind of interesting that Doc Ock, you know, is a good guy in the end and kind of helps them. Um, or it doesn't kind of. He absolutely helps. Um, yeah. I uh, so and it was fun seeing them, particularly for those of us who saw those Tobey Maguire movies 20 years ago. You know, I like that he shows up in normal clothes, like. Like, when a portal opens, you're not necessarily in Spider-Man mode. Um, I didn't see the Andrew Garfield movies, so I don't know if he was so, like, was he always so kind of, maybe not emo, but he's so, like, yes. like, yeah, I love, he's so, I love you guys, I love you, man, and my girlfriend died, I'm going to shed a tear now. Uh, yeah, no, I... I always, it's actually really funny because I've been saying for, you know, ever since we got Tom Holland, I've been saying for years that, and I'm not a big Tobey Maguire fan, but I felt like, you know, when you compare them all, I felt he was, he was the better, he was a good Peter Parker, not such a great Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield was an awful Peter Parker, but a really good Spider-Man. And now we have Tom Holland, who is the best of both worlds, finally. Yeah. Yeah, Tobey Maguire is a really good Peter Parker. That's what Peter Parker looks like in my mind, and, yeah. and he really acted like him. And 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 Kirsten Dunst to me is like the like the best MJ. Yeah, she was. Uh, although yeah, I didn't. Yes, yeah, she was great. good MJ. Uh, how do we feel? So the fact that they sort of that they that that Mar- MJ is named what's her name? Michelle Jones Watson. She's not Mary Jane Watson. She's yes. Michelle Jones Watson, right? Um, which which I thought was fun. Kind of, it was fun, and it kind of made me feel like... He's like, I don't go like, by Watson. Well, it kind of made me feel like, is this our universe? Like, is is really the Tobey Maguire universe, like, our universe? Like, and this is a different... Like, I know yeah. like, we all saw into the Spider-Verse, and we know there can be very... But I felt like, wait a minute, like, it, if my universe that I live in is, like, the prime universe, is Tobey Maguire, like, the universe, the main, right. the real, right? And, like this is a different universe playing your head, right? Um, that also, there's a second thing I wanted to say about that, and it just flew out of my head, talking about MJ, change the name, the universe, which universe, I, I lost, uh, I lost what I was going to say. It'll come to me in a second. Um, 
uh, I don't know. There's something that I liked about this movie that I wanted to say that had to do with, me, with MJ, and I forget what it is. But, I mean, she's all right, but I, to me, Kirsten Dunst is like what I expect Mary Jane to be. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Yeah. One thing I liked by bringing them both into this movie, they fixed, like, they fixed, they answered, they established those two movies as also canon and, like, fixed a problem that was created when, they, when, when Marvel sold off its, its main characters to other studios and when they sold Spider-Man to Sony, like, this problem was created with these multiple versions and, and they fixed it. By bringing those two guys in, so oh, yeah, absolutely. like it was kind of it was kind of important to fix their millions of movies as they as they get control of these characters again. So I mean, we all appreciated that, I think, right? Yeah. I just generally don't like this multi. I mean, I know the multiverse is in the comics also, right? But I don't. I just feel like there's a big fat mess coming our way, and I and like with all these other universes, like no character can be dead and stay dead. I feel like the consequences of killing a character are gone now because anybody can come forward um, the universe at any time. Yes. And they're not but, your MJ, but, but right. Anybody well, can and appear that's, at any that's time exactly, that you thought was dead. But that's exactly, a, yeah, but that's exactly the thing. It's going to be, I, I think the best way to think about it is the what if episodes, how the, um, Black Widow from the completely devastated zombie world, they put her yeah. in the other universe where uh, where most of the Avengers died, you know? So, right, yeah. But that's, but that's the thing, you know, I look at it, I mean, everybody's going to look at it differently, but for me personally, how I look at it is the Prime Universe is the only one that matters or counts. So, if I mean, and we went through, we've gone through this before, um, and, and I think Fringe is a good example because we got different versions of our characters, ended up caring about those characters, but those characters were never our characters. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. didn't look at them as replacements. We never looked at them as replacements for what we lost. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean. The Spider-Verse so, movie took it to a, a whole different level where all the Spider-People, like, there's Gwen is a Spider-Woman, spider, spider woman, and there's a pig who's a great Spider-Pig, and there's, like, an old fat Peter Parker, and there's, like, there's, like, Miles Morales, and, and they established, like, 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 we didn't see any, that, that was, like, yeah, you don't even have to be Peter Parker, you don't even have to be Peter Parker to, you don't even have to be Peter to be Spider-Man in that movie, right? Um... Right. In this movie, they're all Peter Parkers, but I don't know. I just feel like all the, and then I saw the trailer for the next movie, and I was like, "What the? What a? What kind of a hot mess is that on my screen?" Right now? <laughs> uh, well, it's not I, supposed I often, to make sense. The trailer. I know, but I like this multiverse business. I don't have a good feeling about the multiverse, and I just feel like there's like way too much shit going on, and way too many characters that are crossing over all the time, and it's like kind of pissing me off that now you have to watch thirty some odd movies to know what the hell is going on. Right, there's like 30 movies now. Um, it's like the beginning, they were all planned to be together, though. No, but, but yeah, I, well, I, I, mean, I have a bad feeling about the multiverse. Um, I know that like it exists in the comics, but I don't know to what extent they like bring it all together to 
I don't know. Like, uh, like I don't read the comics, but t- the way AJ describes them, they sound almost more like fun crossovers than like uh, than than a 20-year plan. Um, well, that's the thing. I mean, it's hard to say how much they have actually, how much Kevin Feige has actually had planned all along, you know. I mean, because, you know, it's, it's funny. I've been talking about this with some friends and, and, and Artie lately, how I kind of miss the old way we, we saw movies. Like, it, it's kind of fun, everything, you know. I, I we all remember um, you get a you find out a movie's coming out like six months before it comes out, and then you get a trailer, a couple trailers, a couple TV spots, and then you go and see the movie, and then you wait a year for it to come out on DVD. Now <laughs> I feel like I I know I don't have to go to the theater anymore to see movies except to see the order in which the previews take place, because so much is on the internet with all the, you know, all these people that want to be spoiled and want to get the scoop. And it's just like, I mean, I, I I did a good, you know, I did a good job staying away from the internet for certain things. Like it's funny. Artie said to me the other day, he asked if we're going to go see the new screen when it comes out. And I said, Oh, absolutely. Because I'm not getting spoiled. (laughs) Cause if I don't go see screen when it comes out, I'm going to get spoiled on it. And it's, and it won't even be because I'm looking for anything. It's just going to be right. so. So anyway, with that being said, you know I I don't know how much has they had planned or whatnot because you can only plan so far. I mean, I can tell you. I mean, for the next three years, I know every Marvel entity that's going to be coming out in the next three oh, yeah. years. Yeah. You know, which honestly, I don't even want to know that much. But they have such a grand plan. And and they're doing a wonderful job with it also, overall. I, I, if they stick with the comics, it's not going to last. Because I mean, I mean, concurrently in the comics, there are all you know, there's different universes in the comics, but they don't keep right. crossing over. I think this the whole multiverse thing. I think is just going to be you know, it's just the next phase. You know what I mean? Like everything from the first phase, you know, it built up to the war with uh, Thanos, you know, and now this is building up to a war with whoever ultimately. Um, Yeah. And I don't want to see too much because I'm pretty sure I know how, what they're going to do and how they're going to do it to stop the multiverse stuff. Like they're going to make crossing over a lot harder eventually, but it's going to be probably about four years before that happens, but it's going to be about four years before that happens because, you know, and that's because they have so many properties now that they just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And this, of course, is speculation on my part. I have a couple questions for you. First of all, because you know more, okay. I know, than I do about this, although Karen might know some of this too, I don't know, but um, how many more Marvel movies, like how much longer is their planned phases? Because this is the last oh my phase, God. right? Oh, I don't know. No. No, I think there are 14 movies in this phase, right? They're going to they're gonna keep doing stuff until they stop making money, like anybody. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, I thought I like, the last phase, and I'm thinking, there's no way they're going to just quit them all. I could, that was my question. I couldn't see no. that happening. Um, but anyway. Yeah, no. Uh, what, this is only phase two, you, right? Explain to me the Venom thing, because I don't know if oh, I'm going to Oh, 
I mean, have so, you been drunk? Well, I get that. But I don't understand what he was talking about. I was lost. All right. Did you see Venom? Yes, and I saw both Venoms. Jamie? I just okay. saw the other one. Okay, you saw both Venoms. The second. And, 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 you, and you saw the, the end credit of the second Venom, correct? Um, I'm trying to remember if him, uh, he w- went into the hotel room and saw Vox yes. Peter, okay. right? Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. Okay. So. Remember, I'm I, being confused at the, at the credit. Okay. I'll try and help you as best I can because I hate the Venom movie. I felt the first Venom movie too. was awful. I hate that movie. That's a terrible, I, terrible movie. I, I, I felt funny, like the second one was worse simply because Carnage is such a classic villain and they killed him. I was very upset. It was like, you know, and I was just like, and it's funny because all right, we're going to go back to the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. The Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, the third movie was not as good as it could have been. There were some issues. I still enjoyed the movie, but it, it but the general populace did not like it. I thought they did a decent job with Venom, except for the fact that they 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 uh, they cast Topher Grace to play Venom, which was oh, yeah. an awful casting. Yeah. Oh, and, and nothing against Topher Grace, mind you, but he doesn't look like Eddie Brock should look like. Tom Hardy looks like Eddie Brock, but that's a different story. So, you know, I we all had our issues with that, but it wasn't done poorly. The story at least started right. Um, to do the story. Then I heard they're making, you know, the MCU and everything and Sony, they're making a Venom movie. And I'm like, well, how are they going to make a Venom movie? They haven't even introduced Venom into Spider-Man yet. You know, the, the symbiote into Spider-Man. Yeah. And, and watching the previews, I'm like, this is awful. Even before I saw the movie, I'm like, this is not going to be good. I, they're going, because Venom in the comics, he starts as a villain. And then he becomes an anti-hero. Sony went straight yeah. anti-hero. And I was like, all right, maybe I can yeah. understand because they already did the story with Tobey Maguire. I get they don't want to redo it. And I was like, but it's just, it was so bad. But anyway, so with the multiverse coming, Artie actually said to me, he goes, after, you know, after seeing Venom 2, and him getting, you know, and we know now why he looped into the Prime Universe because of the spell. But we didn't know that at the time that Venom came out. Oh, right. so okay. getting that. Now that you said yeah. that, that makes a little more sense. I didn't get yeah. that. Okay. So he was right because Venom, Venom movie because are in a different yes, universe Venom, than yes, yes. Venom's absolutely. from a different universe, and he left a glob of Venom in our universe, and that in that credit scene, that was the point of it. That okay. Venom's from this other dimension. And you don't have Which to know the our universe. You don't have to know those movies to know that. I thought it was clear from the scene that no, we saw. You mean part where he was even in the hotel rooms was after he blooped into this universe? Is that what you're saying? Or am I misunderstanding what yes. you're saying? No, he was all right. So in the Venom trail post credit, he was in the in hotel room. Or, or the one in the in Venom. In, yeah. in Venom. In, in Venom, the post credit scene. He's in the hotel room. And then um, Venom recognizes Peter Parker because the symbiotes have a shared mind. They have a hive mind, even across right. multiverses, okay? 
So just because that Venom didn't know Parker, he knew um, the Venom from the Tobey Maguire universe knew, so therefore that Venom knew him because of the shared hive mind. So because he knew Parker, when the spell went haywire, he got pulled into the Prime universe. And that's where we see him in the post-credits when Venom and uh, Eddie are having that conversation. And then, you know, we see them bloop back out once they fix the spell. But a piece of Venom got left behind, which well, could be a good so thing or they, could screw it, or they could screw it up worse. Because it's funny because Artie, Artie had speculated before we saw Spider-Man, he, you know, about Venom, a piece of him being left behind. I'm like, but that's not how it works. And I was like, and I was like, they've already screwed it yeah. up. I was like, I don't see how they could fix it. <laughs> and I was like, and they've already done it in Tobey Maguire's movie. So it's like, I don't know. And then that happened. And I went, okay, maybe they're going to try and fix it because a lot, they yeah. got, the Venom movies got a lot of backlash from comic book fans. Yeah. So when he was, because they're bad. After Dr. Strange. Yes, they're very bad. Well, let's cut this and Sorry. move on, you guys, because it's like if we got more about this movie. We're we're really getting into the weeds here on our Spider-Man review. Okay. Well, we knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I know, yeah. but I want to be the responsible one to keep us moving. Okay, Karen, okay. be responsible. Well, for me. I guess then yeah. I might as well go. I have not seen the rest of the stuff. Okay. But, we just have Discovery and The Expanse. Oh, and you haven't seen Boba Fett. Are you, no, you going to watch no. Boba Fett, or are you oh, no, she this one out? She hasn't seen, she hasn't seen Mandalorian yet. You don't have to see The Mandalorian, I don't think, to watch this. But No, you don't, but that was her point. Yeah, but All right. probably, yeah. My point is I haven't even gotten that far. Uh, what, is next week anything I've seen, though, or I'm going to have seen that we're going to talk um, about? Like a... We're going to talk I don't about know. Discovery Witch. I don't know if it starts. But I, I don't think it starts yet. So. <laughs> I don't think it starts yet. We'll have to discuss that and post it up on our on our podcast oh. page. Yeah. I know. Yeah. No, I do know there, there is something coming, but I don't think it's for another two weeks. Um, what you call it? The uh, – where the hell is it? Um, the Choo Choo Train. Snowpiercer, 24th. Oh, Snowpiercer and Becky. Yeah, I start. I started watching um, Station Eleven, but I don't know if either of you guys tend to watch Station Eleven. No. Right. Neither of you are gonna watch Station Eleven. That's like what a firehouse show, isn't it? No, no. It's based on a New York Times bestseller that was out a couple of years ago, and it's about oh, yeah. um, this woman and what happens to after after a killer flu wipes out like most people and all civilization. Um, it's about this little girl who is like caught up in this like end of the world, but you don't actually see like millions of people sick and dying. Like it, like it, like not yet. The flu like happens and then it, it jumps back and forth in time from 20 years later when people are like going on with their lives in whatever way they are after right. 20 years later. And then it keeps flashing back to like the beginning, the night that it all happened. Um, and uh, I'm not sure about a possible supernatural element because there's, there's, um, I mean, I don't think there is a science fiction element, but there is a, 
person who might know more. Like, I don't want to say too much about it. It's on HBO Max. So um, I watched one. I watched one episode with my friend on New Year's Eve, and then we were like, "Oh, we gotta watch another one." Um, and at first we were like, "Oh, should we watch a show about a killer flu right now?" And then we were no, like, I was "Yeah, thinking, that's just, <laughs> yeah, why not?" <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Sure. Why not? No. Why not? Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I'll, sit, I'll check it out. All yeah. right. Oh, well, guys. All right. Have a good week. Talk about have a good week, I'll all be right. back next week. Bye. Right. Bye. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Uh, all right. What'd you like to talk about first, AJ? Um, we got Boba Fett, Discovery, and The Expanse. Um, let's do Discovery three first. Very good ep- three good episodes. So, okay, let's start with that. I thought it was good. I thought right. this was a good episode. I liked Discovery. it a lot, too. I love the way they juxtapose everything going on with Zora with trying to decide if they're going to destroy the anomaly or try and make contact um, peacefully. I thought that was done really well, the way they did that. I um, I thought so, too, and I don't always love it, sort of like the storyline marrying the A. Sometimes it's really good, sometimes it's not. I agree with you, and I really love that it's not... So, I think we all thought as soon as they had a sentient computer, we were like, oh, great, she's going to like eventually destroy them, right? Um, <laughs> because, because that's what happens on these shows. And I appreciate that it appears... Now, she still could destroy them, but it appears to not be going in that direction, right? Um, I do wonder if well, she's they not will so eventually. Much... She's not so yeah, much a computer. Well, I mean, there's still a couple ways they could go with it because we saw them manufacture a body for Gray, and Gray's now leaving. Like, could, could they do that? Or we saw on Dark Matter where the computer got a body and became, or the like the android became like a person, right? Like, like could. The, could Zora get a body eventually and become a character? I don't know. It was like, oh, this is a pleasant surprise. It's not your run-of-the-mill killer AI. Um, yeah, as far as her getting a body, it could happen eventually. But they, they offer her that, and she says, but this is who I am. So she actually says she doesn't want that, right? at least not right yeah. now. Um, right. I like the I like the fact that she's not really even an AI anymore, that they classified her as a new species. You know, yeah. I, and mainly I think that's because of the, 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 what they call it, they said it was dreams. I thought, I, at first I thought they were going to say, like, she has memories. Um, right. But they said it was, you know, they classified it as dreams, which I thought was, was interesting. Dreaming, yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. You know, which is fine, whichever way. Um, so I kind of like that, that, that they consider, consider her to be a new species as opposed to just another smart AI. AI, yeah. That is cool. That's a you know, because we already, there. you know, not for nothing, we, we already did that with Data, you know, Yeah. in this series, yeah. you know, in this in this world. Right. Good so I kind of like where they're going with the whole thing with Zora. Um, uh, I, I like the A storyline also, um, where they're having this meeting about, okay, 
so it's all a little, it dates back to last week's episode, and it's all a little sketchy how they managed to follow the signal to find where the creators of, of the uh, anomaly live, right? And they think they know where they can find them, and there's this big discussion, like, let's attack them. No, let's, like, make first contact and find out, like, we shouldn't just kill them. And Michael, of course, is the person selected to argue on behalf of peaceful first contact because Michael is like nothing if not devoted to the principles of the Federation, right? Um, but I I enjoyed those scenes. I thought both sides were making good arguments. I think there might have been a point in earlier Star Trek series where the pro-violence people might have been made to look bad. And I thought the arguments were understand. I mean, it was bad. Like, yeah, every Star Trek show is always going to be like never violence first, right? But I thought it was a reasonable, reasonably portrayed argument they were making. Like we can't take the risk. Oh yeah, like, it was, right. It it was done really well, and especially to see Michael on that side of things, it just it shows how much he's grown. Because you know, and I like Booker even says to her, "Well, what about the Klingons?" And she's like, "Well, that was different because." I've been dealing with the Klingons for years and I know how they are. You know, this is something new. We don't have any reference for anything. So I, you know, it just, it really goes to show how Michael has really grown over these three seasons and how different she is now. Um, yeah. Cause you know, Mike, Michael from even, even, a, even, a, uh, even at least two, two seasons ago, Michael's like, yeah, let's kill him. You know? I don't yeah. think she's uh, talking about peaceful solutions. Um, well, I, I got to say, about... I, was, I, I, I understood Book, okay. but I wanted to smack him. Especially since that guy, the, the scientist guy there, he finds oh out God. that he's in it for himself. He, you know, he tells yeah. Book that he's like, we're going to wipe this thing out, and I get the power source that I need to go to the alternate universe that I want to live in. It's like, okay, so you're doing this for selfish needs, not because, and I thought for sure Booker was going to be like, okay, well, that's not what this is about. You know, he's like, I can't believe I'm, you know, no, and Book's like, okay, let's do it. Okay. God damn it, Booker. Two things there. Two (laughs) things there. First of all, and he's still obviously lying, right? Like, okay, he admitted that he's out for himself because he wants to go live with his boyfriend or his best friend or whatever this person is in some peaceful alternate universe, but I'm assuming that's not entirely true. And there's more. Yeah, I don't trust that guy at all. I don't trust that guy at all. I don't know why book would trust that guy at all, except that I think book is so close to the edge that he, that he is willing to look the other way and believe that like book needed barely the slightest little push to step over that edge. Yeah, I know. And, and this guy gave it to him, right? He just needed, um, I mean, this is a person who, like, made weapons out of a banned substance. And, like, Book's like, yeah, I'll go with you. You're probably, you just want to live in peace and harmony in another universe. No, he made, like, illegal weapons out of an illegal substance, and he's like, does not make you a good person. Um, yeah. This guy is bad, and Book should see it coming. Especially Book's an empath, right? And maybe should be able to sense a little something here with this guy. Um and book, I think. And then the guy. Out. Book still has vengeance on his mind. And then the guy, he replicates 
the spore drive in a compact size. Yeah, Yeah, that's awfully convenient, isn't it? It's kind of impressive, actually. (laughs) It is, but, uh, yeah, I... I mean, this guy is bad, and and book even if and even if nothing bad happens, I mean, they're okay. So let me so let me step back for a second. You talked about liking how they juxtaposed it with the other storyline with Zora. I really liked yeah. Stamets Stamets's objections to Zora. Oh God, he was great. Right, like he made so much sense. And it is so understandable why he should be afraid of her. Like, he's like, oh, remember we just lived through a sentient AI basically almost destroying us all? Um, and, like, like what what protection do we have? How do we – like, he made a lot of sense, and it was nice to hear somebody, like, actually yeah, say it. Yeah, it was – and I know, it was grounded. It wasn't just, you know, flying yeah. by the handle. It, like, he, he was very articulate. Yeah. Yeah, he articulates very clearly the reasons he's afraid and some very good reasons to be afraid. And, um, uh, you know, I so I didn't love – okay, I didn't really mind that much, but I noticed that this is the second week that the teens ran into the room and, like, helped achieve a solution, right? Like, last week, Gray runs onto the r- bridge and he's like, wait a minute, I have an answer. And then, like, this week they <laughs> run in like, no, you'd be nice to Zora. Um, like you, like she's a person. Um, so Gray is apparently leaving the ship, which um, like well, I can't. We'll um, see how long that lasts because they're they're both leaving, but the show's going on hiatus until February, so they might yeah. both be back <laughs> when the show comes back. Yeah, I don't know what what that's going to be. I don't know if that was intended, if there's a month break in between, or if they were shot and then later it was decided to go on hiatus to allow this other, I don't know what's going to run. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Between Lower lower Decks or something. But, um, I mean, there are a lot of characters on the show. Um, But, yeah, I really liked them juxtaposing it with Stamets being like, we need to be careful. I have, like, legitimate reasons to be afraid, uh, and you should too kind of thing going on. Um, the other thing I was going to say uh, about Booker is, like, Booker and and Michael have this, Booker and Burnham have a real difference of opinion about how to do this, and and Booker, like, like, he knows, like, he sneaks away. Like, if you think you're doing the right thing, do you have to leave your cat with a note and sneak out? Because you know Michael will talk you out of it. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that's why, because he knows Michael will talk him out of it. So he takes off, sneaks yeah. away, leaves the cat, and it's a, kind of uncool. And I like them as a couple. They seem pretty natural, and they make sense to me as a couple. And, like, like come back alive. There's no – I'm not saying they'll be broken up and you can't – but but they won't be the same. Like, I don't see how the two of them are the same yeah. after well, you know what, something though? like that. That's not necessarily a bad thing um, because okay. it makes it, you know, you got to have, anim- you know, it gives them some animosity to work through and find their way back to each other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it won't yes. be every, the same. Every TV couple needs some you gotta have. Yeah. So um, it just sucks because I really like Booker. 
<laughs> I really like that character, and he pissed he's me a off. Good character. <laughs> he is a good character. He makes a lot of sense. I got to um, I, I got to say though. Addition. You know, the yeah. one thing about the, the mini spore drive, um, I mean, it's kind of cool that Book has it now, too. Uh, I don't think it's something that can, they can just be taken out of it, because I'm pretty sure it's integrated with his ship now. Um, but it's funny, because if you remember correctly, when they first came to the future, and, you know, and the Federation was like, we need to duplicate the spore drive, and Michael was like, no, you don't. You're not, you know, you're not going to do that because if too many people have not it, it's going to turn into, yeah. you know, it's turning into, it's going to turn into a bad thing. And uh, not to mention, it's not the easiest thing, to, you know, to do either because not just anybody can can do it. Um, and now it looks like anybody can. And now, and now, now here this guy. And well, no, well, no, well, I mean, Book was already one of the people that could can, could do it, which makes sense that you know. It's not, you know, that he's doing it, but I don't like, you know, it, it definitely leads to a problem where this guy who's not exactly trustworthy was able to duplicate it into smaller form so easily. Right. I mean, it's granted, like he's supposed to be a genius, be, but. Computers used to be as big as a room and he invented a laptop now, right? <laughs> and anybody can have one. Yeah, basically. Um, or is it going to be like, you know the U.S. with nuclear weapons, like, we have them, but we have to stop every other country from, like, if you don't have it yet, you can't have it. Like, only, like, you know, like, is it going to become a thing like that, that they're going to have to, you're right, that something's going to have to happen for people not, they can't just, everybody just can't have a spore drive. Well, um, I, but that's what I'm saying. And not everybody's going to be able to create it the way he, you know, like he did. I mean, this guy, it, unfortunately, is brilliant. He's just using his brilliance for his own selfish gain. Which is right. not unusual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he—he's—he is—he telegraphs. I'm a bad guy so much that I can't really. This little bit of him being like, "No, book. I just want to go live in peace and harmony with my best friend, who I hope he got there." Kind of thing. I'm like, really, book? You're buying this? Like, come on. You're like a cowboy, like a professional space cowboy kind of a guy, right? And you're buying this, yeah. But as I said, I think he 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 just he just needs a little bit of a push. Still, really um, seeks vengeance. I think. Yeah. I think. Well, so. it doesn't help either that he was hallucinating his father last week, going, "Why are you sitting on your ass? You're supposed to be getting vengeance oh, yeah. for our people." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I forgot about help. that part. Yeah. I forgot about that. His father literally like. Go to him. And You're a hunter. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, I think it might be the best episode of the season so far. Yeah, I, I think it like, is. Right? Good story. It actually pushed things along. It moved things along. Stuff happened. Um, the B story tied in well. The acting was good. I mean, the acting's usually okay, but I thought, yeah, I thought it was a good a really good episode. And unfortunately, this is what happens. You get to the best episode of the season and then there's a break. But at least it's only well, yeah. a month. That's what always happens. It's not like Doctor Who having a two-year break. Two years? Jesus. Yeah, well, it's got a new showrunner. None of it's written yet, right? Um, no. And then they got to produce it. So the end of 2023, it's coming back. Um, I think most shows couldn't survive it. 
But I, I, I think a lot of shows can't survive. Doctor Who will be fine. Doctor Who will be fine. Doctor Who's been on forever, and when it comes back, they'll be introducing a new Doctor who, and you, like won't have missed anything, right? Because it's Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, anyway, good episode, but I think we might have covered it all, huh? Yeah, I think we did good with it. All right, cool. Next All right, up, so let's uh, do Boba Fett. Boba Fett. What an interesting hour of television that was. I enjoyed it. Okay, I wasn't sure how Come you on. meant that for a minute. <laughs> I just think it was really, well, the first 10, is it like maybe for like 10 minutes, there's no dialogue. Like the whole yeah. first 10 minutes of, 10, 12, 8, however long it is, it's a long, long time with zero dialogue except some grunting. Um, and yet it really worked. Like, it didn't need any dialogue. Well, first, no, nobody spoke the same language in it, so well, you couldn't really have dialogue. But yeah. um, well, not, not for uh, nothing, I mean, most of Boba Fett in, in the, you know, the original three, in the original movies, Empire and Return of the Jedi, he doesn't say anything. <laughs> so this is not new. In, in, he has four lines in Return of the Jedi. He's only on screen yeah. for like I just read this today. He's on screen for a total of six minutes, um, and has four lines. Yeah. And yet he, he became like like a really popular major character in in the Star Wars universe, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think that was interesting. I think um, I, I thought it was interesting. Look, this like it, it, it's it has a real feel of the Mandalorian. I mean, it, I mean, it takes place like it's both a both a sequel and a there's a bit of prequel to the Mandalorian and, and everything going on here. Um, and all the same people are making it, so it definitely has that feel. Um, and you know, I, I just thought like I don't know, it's almost not. There's almost no story for us to discuss. Like, there's not like we don't know what the story of this season is going to be we're getting a sense of it yeah there's almost not a plot to this episode there is but there's not like like it's a story of Boba Fett comes out of the Sarlacc pit and what happened to him and 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 then it and then also like five years later what he's doing now or whatever right um and there's a right. lot for us to break which down is, here but which was really cool to see by the way it was really cool right uh, you like, know com- coming out of the Sarlacc pit because I mean that's always been the I big mean, thing you know is like for years, how how could he have possibly survived? Right. Well, now you know. Uh, like <laughs> the whole thing is that, like, when when they go in, you know, Jabba's like, "I'm going to shove you in there, Han Solo, and you'll and and Luke, and you'll be digested slowly over a thousand years in the Sarlacc's Star, stomach, right? Yeah. And then Boba Fett survives, and it's never really been told. So yeah, love that. That was great. Um, and he's a formidable character. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was interesting because nothing really, there's not a, there's not a plot in the sense of like an hour of television usually has a, has a standard like problem or conflict that you're working on and, and you move your story along a little bit. And this was a bit of like origin story kind of, I guess. Right. But I liked it. I thought it really worked. There were a few things I didn't and I liked really it. I liked... get. Which was? Okay, why are the Tuscan Raiders such assholes that just like torture you and tie you up in the desert for no apparent reason? Like, what did they want with Boba Fett? I don't get it. 
I, right? I don't think like it was that. so much him. It wasn't him specific. Like, it was just general. Gonna... It was just they they do that in general. They capture people in general. What I, that is the one problem I had with the show, which is ironic considering the technological age we're in. I felt like the Tuscan Raiders, like they're more humanoid looking. Like, like they they seriously to me they look like humans with helmets. Like the Tuscan Raiders never looked like that before. They always looked like a different species. Now they just look like humans with helmets, and that's not what yeah. they are. <laughs> yeah, they they to me they seem to be very like like just the basic lines drawn of a villainous people. They don't have any like I guess they lacked motivation for me. Like they always were just a threat on Tatooine. Mm. Like they were they were a threat, you know, in Star Wars, the general threat of a hostile people. Um and who have their own territory or whatever and I get that. But they they lacked motivation for dragging Boba Fett all over the place, I guess, was my issue. I'm like, what are they doing? Why are, are they gonna sell them into slavery? Because I could get that. Are they going to, you know, maybe they were. Yeah. Maybe we don't really need to know, right? Maybe they were going to sell them into slavery. Maybe they were going to do something with them. I don't know. But I was a little bit like, what's going on here? Um, and then, of course, ultimately waiting for Boba Fett to escape because, first of all, we know that he escapes because he's, you know, it's episode one for starters. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, it was a nice setup for what a badass Boba Fett is. Right, like we like we know he's going to escape, and he he escapes. You know, I mean, so he's he's not a Mandalorian, but he is very much like the Mandalorian, and he's got these kind of skills, and like we knew he'd escape. But how'd you like that? So his escape happens in a fight with a six-legged lizard thing. It was yeah, that thing was crazy. I, that, and that was, was new. That was new to the Star Wars universe. Nobody knows what the hell that thing is. Okay, yeah, I've never, I mean, I wasn't familiar with it. I don't recall seeing it. And yet it had a very Star Warsy feel to it. Like, Star Wars has a lot of these oh, yeah. monsters that are sort of prehistoric monstery looking. But, like, it, that was a very Star Warsy thing to happen. Um, uh So, yeah, I, I liked all the Boba Fett kind of origin post-Sarlacc Pit. I kind of like that Boba Fett, at least at the point we see him, so so the timeline confuses me a little bit. So so when he comes out of the Sarlacc Pit, we don't know how long it's been. Could be days, could be years, right? Like you see Jabba's ship right. in the desert, and there's like it's not still on fire or anything. It's not like the next day. Um, but it's recent enough that the Jawas come to scavenge it, right? Uh, that was funny. So it's been, <laughs> Shit, <his> <laughs> armor. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Uh, but that that solves a huge plot hole. Like, how did um, how did the, the Timothy Oliphant Timothy Oliphant has the armor in in end up with the armor, yeah. Yep. Right. So that that closes that hole nicely. Um, but we don't know how long it's been, but the whole thing takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. Um, so, and, and it takes, so the, the scenes we see of Boba and Fennec 
taking over Jabba's territory happen after the Mandalorian, right? Because now they're partners. Um, I kind of like that. So we didn't see this in the Mandalorian, I don't think, did we? But he still is very, very sick from the Sarlacc acid, I guess, is why he has to go into that, like, healing bathtub thing that he goes in, which we've seen before. Like, we saw Luke in a thing like that, and that's basically the thing that um, John Boyega was in in the later, yeah. right, the later Star Wars films. Um, John Boyega's in, like, a basically that thing but a suit. He's in, like, a water suit. Um, so, it, like, I kind of like that. I, I don't know. I liked I, – I and I was a little surprised that Boba – so Boba's trying to be a different kind of a – what would you call him, a warlord? Was Chaba a warlord? Like, and Boba's taking over the He's like a, like, a crime boss, okay. Basically a cr- like crime a, boss. Basically a crime boss. So, I mean, Mafioso. we don't really... <laughs> yes. Good. So we don't really know... So, this is five years after Jabba's death. So, um, if I understand correctly... That guy who was Jabba's right-hand man has been ruling for a while. Bin Fortuna. But there has been a yeah. Bin Fortuna, right. Right. And whatever happened to him, I don't know if Boba killed him or he just died and there's a power vacuum, but Boba, Boba is trying to take over. <laughs> Boba killed him. Okay. Boba killed him to take over. But he wants to be a different kind of a dude, which is interesting because I feel like, I mean, so we got to know Boba a little bit in The Mandalorian. Previously, like the Boba from Star Wars who only had six lines was just a, a bounty hunter and, and, you know, kind of a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw a little of him in the kid. He's a clone, right? Um, we know he's a clone. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I think about that. Is that the story we're seeing? A crime boss trying to be a good guy? Like, I don't know. We don't know. Do we know, do we know the story we're going to see? Uh, yeah, we don't, we don't really, we don't really we don't know, know yet. Yeah, we don't know. One thing I did like, I liked the way that they did the flashbacks and it just wasn't a type of thing. Like, there was a reason behind it. It wasn't just a bounce back and forth. It's depicted as, you know, he even says, you know, because it opens with the, with this past and he even says the dreams are back again. <laughs> so I like that, you know, he kind of has these flashbacks when he's in the healing chamber as opposed to it just bouncing back and forth on us. Oh, yeah, so there's a reason for the flashback. It's not just, like, like filling in the audience. Like, it's not just exposition. Right. It's like Boba being, like, haunted by this or whatever. Whatever yeah. that we're seeing. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good way to describe it, yeah. I mean, I I, I liked it. Did I like it? Maybe, I, I mean, I have high hopes because I like The Mandalorian so much. It, I mean, was a Boba Fett... Uh, so I wasn't asking for a Boba Fett series. I wasn't like, I don't know about Boba Fett, but I think the fandom wanted more Boba Fett. Like, I think the Star Wars nerds <laughs> have been clamoring for this, right? Which is not to call you. I've been, forward, I, yeah, I've, I've, I've wanted, I've wanted something Boba Fett related for a long time. Okay, and now you got it. Yep. 
So, um, yeah, it was a already good opening it? episode, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a good start, and we'll have to see where it goes. Yeah, I hope it'll be good. I feel like there's a lot of um, a lot of expectation because The Mandalorian was so good. Yeah, I mean, you know what, John Favreau did wonders with the Mandalorian and now he's doing this. So I'm sure it's going to be fine. Well, I'm sure we'll have more to say about it as we get more into the storyline and know what the hell is going on. All right. So now All right. on to the expanse. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Uh, I tell you. I tell you. I find the bad new, thing. I find new ways to hate uh, Philip every week. Oh my gosh, Philip was like, and, and like, just when there's a little hope for Philip, he like. Uh huh. I tell you, the really bad thing about this episode is there's only two more episodes, and uh-huh. so much cannot be resolved. I mean, I, I mean, we can see what I, I. I mean, I think it's kind of obvious. Not kind of obvious, but you can you can tell where they're going and what they're going to resolve and what they're not going to resolve and and what you know, and I'm okay with it. We're gonna looks like they're going to resolve the Marco storyline. We're going to get some good so. character good character development, but the proto molecule story is not gonna well. For, but look, there. There are three more books after this. This is the sixth book, and this is not – we're not going to see – I mean, it really, really is, is really disappointing that we're not going to see the rest of this brought to the screen, right? Well, I think we are. I think it's well, going to – I think that's the whole – the whole. I think that's the whole waste of time in the beginning of every episode. Um, no, but you're not – so you think we're going to – that's actually going to be – yeah, I I mean not for I mean Jesus Christ. All we needed was the pet cemetery moment. We didn't need that entire Paris story that went way too long and just was totally unneeded. It's my only complaint about the episode is the only part we needed to see was her wheeling her brother into the into the woods to go get healed by the uh by the strange dog who has the proto molecule. Well, you might need – so I don't know because I haven't read the books, but I think you might need that if you read the, the Paris book. story? Like, yeah, well, you know, the, the, I mean, it's the Paris story, but it's the story – I mean, it's the protomolecule story. It's basically this guy saying why he stole the protomolecule, right? Like, this guy was a Martian admiral, and he's gone rogue, yeah. and he's gone taking the protomolecule, I think. He doesn't say that, but it's got to be him, right? And he came through right. to Laconia and abandoned Mars because the, Mars didn't turn out to be what he wanted to be. Uh, the dream of Mars, whatever his dream was, like didn't work out, and he lost Mars. He lost. I mean, it really was kind of shitty that he's trying to. She's lost her. A child has lost her brother, and he's like, yeah, it's just like the dream of Mars failing. So I had to steal the proto molecule and like betray everyone and come through the ring and start over, right? Like, wait, what? No, it's not anywhere near the same. But I guess it is if you're a bad, crazy person. Uh, if you're a traitor, maybe it's the same. <laughs> Who made a deal with Marco and Art, right? Like, I think that's what that monologue really was, right? 
yeah, I, I just, like I don't know. I just times, it, actually, to get it. I just felt like it went on for so long. It did, and it was way too subtle for this child to, or me, to understand. I didn't watch it because <laughs> uh, I watched it a while ago. I watched it like I watched them all in one day when they dropped onto the press site, and then I've been watching them every week uh, to like remind me what happens. Um, that storyline is like it does seem to take up a lot of every episode, in a, that, and it doesn't interest me, right? Like the proto molecule is has been mostly set aside, but we get like a 15-minute reminder every week. It's amazing where the show could go in six years that I'm like, oh, my God, enough with this protomolecule business. Get on with it, right? Because it, it's not even the protomolecule business, except it's got to be the protomolecule that's – I mean, do you think it's naturally the soil yeah. of this planet that allows them to come back to life? No, it's the protomolecule. No, because, because while yeah, Mr. Martian – Admiral is giving his little speech. A guy comes in and he's like, oh, my God, you've got to come. My experiment's working, right? Like, oh, you're experimenting with the illegal protomolecule, yeah. that experiment? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, to me, every week it feels like it's taking time away from what I want to see more of. Yeah. I don't know if you feel that way also. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I do. Um, but then the whole rest of the episode, oh, man, where to start? Where to start? Start where you want to start. I mean, there's all that business on series, which, you know, I don't even know where really to start. interesting. Let's say on series with Monica and Christian. Stuart and Abbasarala. Like, yeah, that was. I. I that's, that's, really that's that was, you know, I mean. It was. I mean, she, you know, Monica's like, you know, you told me I had, I could do what I want. And she's like, yes, I did. And then she plays it and she, you know, like, I love the interaction with those two because the one great thing about Christian, I mean, you know, she's the epitome of, of a uh, politician, but you know, Christian actually is in a way what I think we all want politicians to be like, we want our politicians to be commanding, but, and, and do what needs to be done. But at the same time, Christian is willing to listen and learn from the people around her. You know, it's never, mm-hmm. Christian has never been all it's what I want. So it's going to happen. You know, you know, Monica is playing a huge part in this whole thing. Um, and I think, you know, and it's going to be for the better. I mean, I could see, I mean, obviously we, you know, I don't think it's, it's never going to get this far because we are at, you know, two episodes left and they're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I could see someone like Monica becoming like her advisor. Monica gets it, you know, and Christian benefits from having somebody like Monica around her. If Monica would do it though, Monica is very, um, committed to being a journalist and to like calling truth to power, speaking truth to power and being, you know, I mean, but that's a very interesting uh, thought. I, I love Monica and Christian together also, but I like everyone. I like Christian with everyone. I like her with anyone who's on the, (laughs) because she's a great character and Trey Gosley was a great actress in a, in a role that is great for her. Um, And uh, so 
my interview with her is going to be posted this Friday to accompany episode five. Oh. I've been I've been dying to post it because she talks a lot about um, about Christian in general. But there's a spoiler for this upcoming episode that we talked about. So I've been we've been holding it now till this week. It'll be up Friday. I did five minutes with her. Um, uh, That's so that'll awesome. Be up. I did not know you talked to her. You're lucky. I was pretty excited to talk to her because she's so I mean she's so amazing in everything. She's an incredible actress. Nominated for an Oscar, nominated for an Emmy. Yes. Um and, but I think I I think anyone is better on the screen with I think I think every character is better on the screen with that character. I just love everyone with her. Every scene she does is great. Um and I love her with Monica and I kinda like so Monica's saying to her like no you know she says Christian's like, we can't run this. It makes us look weak. And Monica's like, no, it makes everyone look weak. That's the point. Like, she showed all kinds of people who were killed. And she, like, Monica yeah. really gets it. Yeah. Um, you're right about her possibly being a great advisor, except she so disdains propaganda, which she's kind of doing. And so but that's what would make her great right as an now. advisor because that's what would make her great as an advisor because she would stop all that propaganda. And just get right to the heart of things, you know. That's a good point. Like, the best advisor maybe is a skeptic, right? Yeah, skeptic it confused the advisor. Confused, it would confuse the hell out of the general public, though, because they're like, "Wait, why is this politician telling us the truth?" <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? What the truth? What? You can't handle the truth. Um, yeah, yeah she's really so. And series is like a wreck. It, it like like. Marco's plan is really working. Like so, so you know, after the explosions, there's like no water, and like everybody on series is starving, and there's all this like it. Um, I mean, that's really working. And still, Christian's like, look, we're not, we can't leave here. We can't like. She's really, she's really kind of grown as a politician. At like, I mean, as her worldview had to change. Like, she was head of the UN, but she was an Earther and like hadn't left. I mean, she's left Earth, but she really hadn't had a career off Earth, right? I just see, like, she's changed so much in the last, like, two seasons with this war. Yeah. In a really good way, in a way that you want your leader to change, right? Um, so I loved all that, but, I mean, there's there's all the stuff with the crew of the Rossi. There's all the stuff with Philip. There's all the stuff with Kamina. I mean, I don't even know what to talk about first. All right, let's start with uh, let's start with the Rossi. Um, okay. So, Peaches, who is more fun yeah. every week, she she accidentally stumbles across the log that shows that Holden uh, deactivated the bomb, it, the the missile. Yep. Yeah. Um, and. You know, and then Amos has his little conversation with Holden about it. But the problem I had, the only problem I had with it, and, and you know, it's typical Holden um, to, to to react like that. But he did have an answer. I don't know what, I mean, it's not a good answer. <laughs> but I wish he had just said to Amos, you know, and said, listen, I couldn't kill Naomi's son. Which is hilarious because Naomi was like, "Yes, you could have." <laughs> I was actually yeah. a little surprised by Naomi's reaction, um, which in a way was kind of refreshing, 
because I honestly was expecting her to be like, oh, thank you. You know, I was expecting her to be like, oh, you know, you know. And instead she was like, oh, now it's, so now it's my problem because you did it for me. So now all the people that Marco kills because you spared my son is going to be on me, you know. But yeah. at the same time, you know, after Holden kind of explained himself a little more, I get, I get it from his perspective, you know, um, as to why he didn't kill Philip. Because it, you know, it, at first it was just like, you know, uh, he's so, you know, two seconds, ago, you know, Philip's shooting at you. So how, you, you know, but then once he explained it to Naomi, it, it kind of helped me understand his decision a little better. Um, but yeah. the highlight the highlight was when he talked to Clarissa and without going to her whole speech, you know, her, her last line of what she says to him, it, you know, it just sums it up perfectly, which is don't ever feel bad for not killing somebody, you know, yeah. <laughs> which when you, yeah. you, you, you simplify it like that and it's like, huh? <laughs> well, yeah. Coming from the person who tried wanted to kill him and she killed multiple people. Yes as part of her plan to kill Holden, which she never did in the end, right? But, but yeah, that was... Right. I mean, I, I agree with you. That was that was a great, great scene. And I, um, I agree with you that I think he should have given Amos a better answer. And if he'd said to Amos, look, I just can't, I can't be the guy who kills Naomi's son, like, gotten that and accepted that, I think. Um, he might not uh, have accepted we, it, we, but at least he would have Got it. <laughs> Are we supposed to believe that they, like, okay, so Amos and Peaches weren't looking at the video screen at the time, at the transmission from to Marcos, I guess. Maybe they weren't looking at Bobby, probably was looking, like, did Bobby not see Philip, Or maybe Bobby doesn't know what Philip looks like because she wasn't around. And maybe Amos and Pete, Amos didn't see Philip on, or maybe, maybe Amos didn't see Philip on the screen. Actually, like, I don't know, right? Like, I don't know. But, uh, like, yeah, I think Amos, um, I mean, I do I do think Amos is a little bit like, why are we out here if we're not going to, right? Like, I get that. Yeah, that was a, um, that was a great point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, well, if we're not trying to win, we're not getting paid, and we're not trying to win, so what are we doing? Um, yeah. Uh I really liked the scene. So I also have an interview with um, Stephen Strait and, and Dominique Tipper. I talked to them. I got five minutes with them, and I talked to them about – we held that – we talked about episode three and four where where last where Holden has to make a decision, like, does he act as a captain? Does he act as Naomi's partner? He acts as Naomi's partner. And then Naomi's like, you know, not so many words. She's like, don't do me any favors, right? And – and Stephen Strait was like, look, he just loves her too much. He just can't be that guy. He just loves her too much to, to kill her son. Um, and and Stephen Strait talked a lot about Holden being, like, having really matured as the leader of this crew and that he, he trusts his own instincts and, and like, that, that Holden acts out of empathy. He always acts out of empathy, and he's comfortable with that. But I kind of felt like if, if he – I mean, I, we didn't have this discussion really in five minutes – but between you and me, if he's so comfortable, then why didn't he tell anyone? Like, like he does it, can't yeah. try to kill Naomi's son, but he hides it even from Naomi, right? 
Um, well, he does. He goes and tells her after. Well, only after the truth comes out, caught. and she's gonna find out. <laughs> after right? he's been caught, he gets caught. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That's like your kid telling you you're about to get a letter from the principal. Like, oh, you didn't come to me to tell me you got caught. <laughs> Yes, Maybe exactly. That's a good analogy. I like probably that. Happened here. Yeah. I like but, that. Um, and so Dominique Tipper talked about Naomi's reaction in much the same way you just did, that like Naomi, like she made her decision, like she tried and she can't be responsible for the millions of people who might get killed because Marco went free. And, and, you know, she just can't have that on her. And she, she wants credit for what she's done in the position. She's like, don't put that on her. She can't be responsible for that. And that she, she wants to be recognized for this. As so many tippers says, she says for this twist she's made for herself. Um, and, and, and Dominique Tipper said that, you know, she felt like it's a little weird that like Holden's done this thing for Naomi and she doesn't want it. And, and that, you know, normally, it might be almost the opposite way you'd see on TV. This like this situation happening. That she, yeah, that she's supposed to be grateful for it, and she's like, no, don't like make me responsible for all these deaths. I just can't. You know, there's already so much of it, and um, and and you know, she said she's enjoyed. Like it's always great to play Naomi. Like she she owns her decisions and what she's done, and she um, yeah, it was a great twist. And I but I also found it really believable on the screen. Like, I love this couple because they're so, they're normal and they talk like normal people and they act like normal people. And it's not yeah. a soap opera couple. It's just a real couple who works together. So, I mean, yeah, definitely. that was great. And then it plays out when Philip finds out and Philip finds out and everyone's like, oh, it was a dud. We got so lucky it's a dud. But, you know, Philip has to think to himself, like, you know, but, I mean, Philip. if Philip were to think of it, he'd have to assume that Naomi had made this decision and had to say that his mother had saved him, right? Like, that's what he would think if he thought about it. He actually has a different kind of an education. I don't know. I, like, I hate him. I mean, I hate him less than it's better. Watching him is later than watching Marco rant and rave, right? Um, oh, Jesus. Marco's falling apart. He really is. No, Philip. I. There was a point in the episode where I said to Artie, I said, you know, I think Philip maybe might be instrumental in taking Marco down at the end. And he he can't be he'll never be redeemed, but I feel like he might kind of be instrumental in taking Marco down, and then. Not ten minutes later, I'm like, I fucking hate this kid. Like when they, when after Camino, after uh, after drummer makes her speech on television and everything, and everybody starts you know whispering and murmuring and everything, Philip like stands up and's like, no, she's our enemy. And he like gives this whole big speech, which was oh. I gotta say by the way, it was a good speech. But it's like, how do you, like he this kid is so all over the place. And and it's, it's actually funny because I blame Rosenthal because Rosenthal talks to him earlier telling him, listen, you can talk to Marco like nobody else can, but at the same time, you need to be the one to back him up, you know? She's like, you need to, you know, 
take, you know, and if I don't think if she has this conversation with him, I don't think he, he does that in that moment. I think the only reason he ends up doing that is because of the conversation with her. So, yeah, I'm, I'm back to hitting Philip. Well, I mean, I think, so, but it comes out in this episode that Rosen, Paul, Rosen, Phil, Rosen, Phil, right? Yeah, Rosen, Phil. That kept, like, Rosen, that oh, sorry, Rosen, Phil, I mean, it comes out in this episode that she wants to be the head of Medina Station, right? Uh she, she, when the war is over, she wants a position of power. She basically wants a governor. Like, it, okay, right. so it, it's like Game of Thrones. She wants a, a seat and a house and a land, right? Yeah. And she wants to, to rule a station. And, and you can, you can then cast everything she does with Marco. I mean, she, she's really good at speaking back to him and, and, but she's jockeying for position. And so, when she says to Philip, I mean, she, she's a better leader. She speaks to Marco in a way that nobody else can. And when she speaks to Philip, like, I feel like, is that all part of her manipulation of Marco? She's a better manipulator than Marco, right? Marco's very charismatic, um, but he's seat of his pants, whereas Rosenfeld has a plan, right? I yeah. like her a lot. And when she speaks to Philip, like, she's, She's trying to – I mean, I think she can see that Marco is losing it, right? Like, he spaced all those – Oh, Marco's on completely that lost ship. it. Like, Marco screwed everything up, and then he's like, those guys suck. We have to, and he orders her to space the senior officers yeah. of the other ships who, like, it's not their fault. So, yeah. she, like, when she speaks to Philip, I think maybe she's trying to, like, pacify Marco and chill him out a little bit. I don't know. Um, yeah. That's a definite possibility. Uh, I mean, I think, um, but yeah, he's really losing it. Philip, I know Philip, there was an opportunity in this episode where I was like, okay, I don't expect Philip, as you said, he can't be redeemed and I don't expect him to change, but there's that whole situation where he actually makes a friend. So he blames that guy. He screws up and he blames that guy for the screwed up repair. Right. Um, but then he starts to kind of come friends with this guy um, who has a well, he also who has a he also Yeah, he also backs off and apologizes too. He's like, you know what, it's your ship. You know, he real, you know, yeah. and like it's like and they keep doing, you know, and I keep falling for it. They keep doing this with Philip, where it seems like they kind of humanize him a little, and he realizes the mistake, mm-hmm. and then he just goes right back, right back right. to being an idiot. Yep. Well, this guy who became his friend, like you could, I could kind of see that Philip was affected by. Like, this guy has a loving family member who he, like, Philip has never had a loving family member, really, right? Like, it's, okay, so so Marco loves Philip, but in this very fucked up, wet, wet way, right? Like, yeah. he's very, <laughs> he's a very unstable individual, and he loves Philip, but he's a horribly abusive and terrible parent. Um, like, I think it kind of affects Philip to see this sort of, relationship but yeah it all kind of goes away at the end but I, I kind of had a an interpretation of that okay so we'll hold Kamina aside because that was the highlight of the whole episode right so let's hold Kamina drummer and her crew aside but at the end when Kamina makes her speech you know Philip is really you know he's sitting with that guy there or whatever 
and then we see Kamina on the broadcast, and then Philip kind of loses at the end. But I felt like Philip was like, so there's part of Philip's speech. He says, you know, if we lose, then all the, I think he says all the millions of lives that were lost, or all the blood was that spilled, and all the brother, it was all for nothing. And, and I, like, he had this look on his face, and I felt like maybe Philip is feeling like, God, I, I helped kill a couple of million, literally a couple of million people on Earth died, right? Like, I helped kill yeah. over a million people, and the people in series are going to die because my father's a dick and whatever, and it's all going to, like, like, it's all going to be for nothing? Like, how could Philip even, like, like, the only way Philip, I think, can even live with, he killed his best friend, right? He did all this in service to his father's, <laughs> really like, funny. right? <laughs> like, I kind of felt like, I don't know. Is Philip trying to convince himself more than almost anyone else in that speech at the end? Possibly. It, I mean, it's it's weird that he was triggered by Kamina, but um, but well, I don't think he. I was wonder so, if he was. You know what? I I feel like he kind of saw his opportunity because of the conversation with Rosenfeld. Yeah. You know, because like, like his his buddy, his new friend there said, "Well, at least it's our own people that screwed us over." <laughs> it feels like yeah. it doesn't matter; they're still enemies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Like, you can see that he has less and less commitment to his father, or less belief in the in the in the mission, or less belief in the in the. I mean, it's no more than a mission. It's like a calling. Like Marco has a calling, right? I think and a vision. And you can I see think Philip, he believes. Philip believes in the mission, but I don't think he believes in his father anymore. Okay, Is that what you're trying to say? Like, like that makes more yeah, sense. Like he sees, he sees that his father is, first of all, totally losing it, and and like he called him out last episode. Like, we don't have to be here. Like you're obsessed with killing my mom and 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 Jim Holden. Like it's your fault, right? Um, he sees all that. It might only partly because I, you know, I watched this episode more than once. I, I just really noticed when Philip was like making that that rallying cry in the last scene on the Pella that his facial expression was kind of wild looking, and that's why I thought like, mm. oh, is he is he really like trying to like boost his own? morale or belief or whatever. I mean, he definitely, he definitely is losing faith, right? Definitely. Um, yeah, I think it's done lost. <laughs> he's not losing it. Yeah. It's gone. <laughs> but he's like in too deep. He can't, um, he can't well, that's the thing. get I mean, out now, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like and like, so Kamina, we gotta talk about Kamina. And I don't, I don't want to blow her speech. Oh my god! The final words, the final words that drummer says are, "Live shamed and die empty," and which, which is such a burn on on Marco. But that is really probably what's gonna happen to Philip. Like, are you gonna live? If he lives, how does he live? He's like, how can he even live with like what he's done? And if he dies, will it be empty because they're going to lose? Uh, they're probably going to lose. I don't think this show is going to end with, with I hope so. Marco winning, <laughs> right? 
Um, all right, let's talk about the whole drummer. The whole drummer steals every scene she's in ever since she's been on the show, except yeah. maybe against Ashford. Like I don't know if she stole scenes from Ashford. Oh, those scenes! Those scenes with Ashford are so great, though. Yeah. Um, this week was so poor drummer. I feel like has really been put through the ringer in her entire time on this show, but especially this season. Like, could she be brought any lower? In fact, in that in that interview that we posted after after the second episode when I talked to Carrie and um, Ken Alexander, who plays, uh, what's his name, Marco. Marco. Um, she, did, she did say in the interview, Carrie goes, she said about her, she goes, oh, they can't let her be happy for even a minute, can they? Talking yeah. about the writers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, like, she's been through it, but this week I felt like, like, here's my phoenix coming out of the flames a little bit. But it was hard time getting. Yeah, it was what funny a, too. What a yeah. Right before the uh, the reveal that there was somebody on the ship, I said, I I said, I think there's somebody there. I was like, they have go- he has guards or something. They're not. It they can't be this simple. And then sure enough, two seconds later, people start shooting at them. It was. I got a great say- scene. Um, go ahead. You got to say what. I, I should say the best part is when um, the one the one woman when she when she kisses the guy with his arm stuck and she goes, "I love you and I'm sorry." <laughs> it's like yeah, cause I, oh. I knew where it was going. <laughs> and that was Michio, who Drummer was going to put off the ship. Like the only reason Drummer yeah. hooked up with Golden Bow was because she was going to put Michio off the ship because she was putting them all in danger, right? Um, yeah. And now she comes to uh, Joseph's aid, and she like has to, you know, she does like who could have done that? Like, like only because she's a trained medic, because she loves them. I mean, I mean, it's not even so. You know, you look at a show like The Walking Dead where they chop off each other's arms all the time now, right? Like maybe the first time someone yeah. got their leg chopped off, which was uh, what's his name at the farm. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, like they. Herschel, but now they chop off your arm every five minutes on the show and you live, right? The Expanse, like, kind of show, like, she took that knife. It was just a regular knife, and he starts screaming. It was, oh, my God, it was crazy. Um, it was, a, it was uh, I mean, it was awful, but it was kind of great, right? And it came in the middle of this. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I agree with you that – like you knew they were going to get into a fight, a firefight probably, but I thought the whole thing was pretty well shot. They do particularly like the scenes on the, on their ship when they're like when they're flying towards the supply depot and when they like do their space spinning around and like like hook on to the supply like all that's great. Like they do space yeah. so well on the show. Um the shooting was good also. The firefight was good. Like, it was all great. It was all great. Like, it was so, like, not expected and so good. I just loved it. And it was such a, uh, mm. you, you know what yeah. I, just, I love about it is, I mean, like you said, with only being two episodes left, I feel like 
it, it doesn't feel rushed, but I feel like they might be rushing things more than they oh, would have rushed. had they had a full season. Um, oh, yeah. Because... I wish they had this, 10 episodes. You know, yeah, drummer putting together this band of pirates who aren't exactly with, you know, they're not, they're, they're clearly not uh, with, uh, they don't want to be with Marco, but they're kind of like, eh, we don't want to die either. So, that, and now, but now drummers like bringing them all together. So I like, I, I, yeah. I can, you know, I feel like by the finale, drummer's going to have herself a fucking armada. <laughs> Yeah, because I have a feeling there's a lot, a lot of other pirates. I feel like there's a lot of other pirates out there who would rather be with Drummer than with Marco. Well, because pirates don't want to be with anyone. Like the whole point of pirates is that you're not with anyone; that yeah. you're pirates, right? But and and they, Marco, you know, let me, but and Marco forced them all factions. to go together. Yeah, yes. they're factions. They had like a like Golden Bow was a association or yeah faction um but marco forced them all to line up and join which is like really anathema to a pirate right yeah like 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 drummer joined only because like she was going to be killed it was like join or die that's the only reason she joined but yeah she's an amazing it's oh, so yeah. great to see her become like leader of a of a larger faction to see um i i, I do like that golden bow guy, the captain of the other ship, whose name I can't remember right now, but he's great, and they're great together, and I, um, and it all leads to, I mean, you saw the germ of this last week, where Drummer was like, wait, he's got all these supply depots, why? And the other guy's like, I don't know, just in case, right? And she's like, oh, why don't we do something big? And I, I just, like, it turns out, um, you know, that she's, like, done this to, like, you know, thank Marco. And then, it, like, I, it's just this great scene at the end where, like, it's not enough that she stole Marco's shit from him. She wants him to know that she did it, who it was, right? Well, I think she like, finally re- she's finally snapped because of how things went down. She's like, you know what, enough's enough. She's like, I'm taking the fight to him. She's like, I am done with it. Like, and and I, the great thing is you see her thinking about it. You know, nothing's being said, but she's, like, looking around at everybody. She's looking at Joe. She's, you know, she's looking at everything and everybody around her, and then you just see her be like, that's it. You know, and she goes and she makes her fucking message. And everybody's like, and I, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess she's like, whatever, we're probably going to get killed anyway. Uh, so let's, like, yeah. do something big and, and like – Bring the fight to him. Go bigger, stay home. Um, yeah. And, like, are you going to be able to kill him? I don't know. Are you going to be able to, like, at least undo some more? And then she makes this incredible broadcast. Kind of, I remember when it first, when the first time I watched this, so they, she starts, like, making her broadcast, and you see her give, like, two sentences, right? And then they cut to some other stuff going on. And I was like, wait, what? But I loved how it worked out that we saw Marco and Philip watch the broadcast. Um, which yeah. I also love. This show is so this show is so crazy because she doesn't just beam a, a message to Marco. She's basically on CNN, right? You can see like there's a crawl and yeah. she's on like the news. Basically, she releases like a video news release kind of of her of her speech, which is amazing. And she's just like you know, 
Um, I mean, the end is amazing where she's like, live shame, die empty. But she also says, like, you came at me, you persecuted us, we're still here, I'm still here, and you're not going to get me. Um, well, I, I also like the fact that in her speech, she brings up, um, you know, she points out what he did at theories, uh, you know. She makes a point to bring that up. So maybe that, you know, maybe that's going to get the people serious to go, wait a minute, Marco did this to us? <laughs> well, yeah, people need to know that, right? Like they're blaming, they're blaming the, the inners, but Marco like was like, you're going to be my capital city. Woohoo, love me. And then he's like sneaks out in the middle of the night. I mean, not in the middle of the night, but he leaves and leaves, takes everything, takes all the supplies, leaves them and then blows up the water tanks. Like, yeah. just to make things worse for Christian. Like, that's not a – I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, like, in our own planet, in our own time, we do see conflicts around the world where people, like, you know, look at, like, Assad in Syria dropping chemical weapons on his own people for whatever reason, right? Like, unfortunately, it's not an unprecedented thing that, like, it's a horrible, horrible thing that we right. see insurgent leaders do, or or not insurgent – that's not an insurgent in that case, but um, – but he really, I mean, and I guess two weeks ago, to me, that was one of the first times that we saw Philip, not one of, one of the first times this season where Philip really is having his eyes open about Marco, but um, everyone else had it. I love, um, so, did, so did you catch in the middle of Kamina's speech, she says, you came after me, you came after us, but we're still here unbent, unbroken, unbowed. Yeah. And so immediately I was like, oh, Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones, that's the motto of House Martell. Um, so I did have the chance to speak to the, I spoke to the, to the two writers of the show, the two guys who wrote the books and the showrunner. Um, and they're at Naveen, Ty, and anyway, um, I asked them about that. I was like, oh, who wrote that? Who put those words in her mouth? Who wrote that? Because that's like, like, is that from Game of Thrones? And they were like, what? No. Those, they were like, no, those words have been said, like, many, many times throughout history. Like, that's a thing. And that's not, like, yeah. like, 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 we don't know if he wrote it first, did we write it first, but it's actually like a thing that is about war, not about Game of Thrones. And so she said it because it's, yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah, not, I didn't even think of Game of Thrones. I'm, yeah, I know, right? I'm pretty sure that's actually. I'm pretty sure that's actually um, in the Art of War. Oh, is that where it comes from? I think that's where I think that's where it originates from. Those guys were like, "It's been around a long time. We're not really sure who wrote it first, but it wasn't us, and it wasn't G.R.R. Martin." Um, it's actually a horrible, horrible episode of Game of Thrones. Um, Unbent, un, unbowed, unbent, unbroken is the episode where um, Santa gets raped. Um, it's a very controversial hour of television because it's the it's the it's the um it's just the motto of House Martell. Um, but it's been yeah apparently it's been a thing that people have said. Art of War, uh, uh, hey, so that's like um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where it originated. Um, I could be wrong, cool. but. <laughs> You could be right, because those guys were like, we're not sure where it came from, but it's been around a long time, and we didn't um, we didn't invent it. 
he didn't invent it. It's a thing. Um, but it was it was amazing. It was it was such a great it was so great to see her get this great like beef and liver. Um and see where she's going. I mean, that's not anything I think she ever really sought, right? Kamina, I, I don't feel like Drummer ever really wanted to be a big leader of people, right? She's sort of like, I mean, it's not the anti-Mark, but Marco really wants to lead people, and he kind of sucks at it, and she doesn't want to lead people, but she's kind of good at it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, she's so, never really wanted to be the leader. Yeah. It's hard to say who I would like to see at this point, who I would like to see get to be the person to kill Marco. Like, like you kind of want it to be the Rossi, kind of want it to be Kamina who gets to kill him. I mean, it, like, so, so, see, Naomi's honestly, wrong. I don't, yeah. I don't want him to oh, die. You don't care? You don't want Marco to no, die? No, no, I don't want, I don't want Marco to be killed. I want I want him to be arrested and put in prison. Could you imagine oh, yeah. for a guy like Marco? He would welcome death because you know what? Marco's death, he's a martyr, and you don't. Yep. And God only knows where it goes from there. Marco needs to yes. be captured and and put in prison. Oh, and put in solitary and that would destroy him. Have an audience, right? Solitary can yeah, he that would put destroy in that place where... him. You know that place where they were keeping peaches like 40 stories underground in a cell by herself? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that place is, was for the enhanced. I know, but and that place doesn't exist anymore. Place where nobody would ever hear it. It doesn't exist anymore. Marco made sure of that. Nobody, <laughs> place where nobody would hear from ever. We have no audience. Nobody would ever hear him or speak to him ever again, right? Yeah. Like that would be like an audience. This is oxygen. So that's a good point um, for him to be taken in. But um, I think that I think that Drummer has been wronged by him. Um, you know, being forced to fight for him and losing her family, her her big polyamorous family, and all the stuff. But also, like as a belter, she's lost a lot to him in a different way than yeah. Naomi. Like Naomi, you know, Naomi. Every time they shoot a belter ship, she's like, oh. I'm really, that really hurts me. And I'm like, yeah. really? Because, like, two million people on Holden's planet were wiped out, and you don't really, you know, uh, <laughs> like, your loss is not greater than his. Although he didn't personally have to kill those, the way Naomi has to shoot at belter ships, I guess. So, uh, you know, true. I thought it was, I thought it was great. I think it's also, so this episode was, when I watched it for the first time, I felt like it's a little slower. And then it ends on that fantastic speech. And then Philip also gives a speech. And then he, like, you know, runs, he, and he's, like, you know, so upset. And I feel like it's, I feel it, I know. But I felt like it was really setting it up now for two more episodes. Maybe they'll be pretty action-packed, I think. Except for we're going to have 15 minutes of, like, weirdo dogs walking around some planet at the beginning of every episode, I guess. In fact, I'm looking at my notes for episode five, and this is not a spoiler, but the very first sentence I wrote for episode five next week, I wrote, ugh, this story with this kid. <laughs> because we didn't really talk about it, but she took her brother's body, right? And so you know what she's doing, right? Well, yeah. She wants- well, we, 
Well, we said that we said that last week. I, I even said I, yeah. as she took her brother's body, I, I said to Artie, I was like, oh, here we go. Here's the pet cemetery moment because <laughs> we know that's where yeah. it's going. Yeah, and now we had to watch a whole 15 minutes of it again, and the kid still didn't get like buried in the in the protomolecule graveyard yet, or whatever, in the pet cemetery. Um, that's why that's, I've never watched. You know, and that's the thing because like we know where it's going, and yet we had to sit through that whole Paris story, which is why it drove me nuts. Like I, I, I agree watched... with what you say and the point of it. Right. I just didn't feel like we needed. Like yeah, maybe it didn't go as long as I thought, but it went. It just felt like it went for so long. Yeah. Yeah. And you know where it's going because, like, there's never been any story ever where bringing somebody back to life was a good idea. Like, everything from no. the Deathly Hallows to Pet Cemetery to, like, the old O. Henry story of the Monkey's Paw to, like, every show you've ever watched where someone brought a Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, everybody comes back to life is like, oh, my God, why would you do that to me? Right? Or they're psycho and they try to kill you. Yeah. Like, it's never a good idea to bring somebody back. But, of course, she's a little girl. Um, yeah. And she can't think that through. But there's, like, bad guy Martian generals around her who are trying to do the same thing. So, I mean, I'd love to know more about – I don't know how far this will go. and I, I mean, I do, but I didn't want to watch this. Um like, how far they can go with this with only two more episodes to go, and, like, what is it? Is it, is it those weird dogs or protomolecule creatures? Or, because she never buried that baby bird. She was going to bury the bird, but the dog took it, right? So it's not the soil. Yeah. It's not literally the cemetery. It's these weirdo dogs. They're not dogs. Well, the weirdo dog, creatures are. Well, because... The strange dogs the, are called. The strange dogs. It it got it. It got into the proto molecule. Yeah, I think they got. Yeah, like maybe they don't. Maybe the animal doesn't even know it, right? Like, are they experimental creatures who got away, or did they just like find well, some stray proto molecule and become? It, it yeah. It, I mean, because you see the damn thing glowing, like that color. Yeah. So. It would be interesting to see because we haven't really seen like. A couple of episodes, a couple of seasons ago, we saw, I mean, early on, that doctor who was experimenting, trying to make a human protomolecule hybrid, experimenting on those little kids. Yeah. And he had so many failures, right? And I like it had like I can't believe that these guys they're like, oh, we succeeded in like making a protomolecule hybrid dog. What set them free to roam about the planet? Like that can't be right it has to be an accident it has to be a leak or no it's, fake, it's right? yeah no it's 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 a yeah it's an accident they're like oh let's put these dogs around and see what happens maybe a kid will find them with her dead brother yeah there's no way um i might have to buy some books to find out what happens with that if they don't resolve it i, don't, I mean they'll never they'll <laughs> never resolve it fully because there's three more books after this show yep so and I keep reading fake headlines that are like the expense renewed, and then it's like some place in Germany that didn't get season five yet. And they're like, "Guess what? We're getting season six. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, all right. Well, anyway, it, that about wraps this up. Wraps that up. So all right. So next week we'll have another. Um, We'll have 
a couple more. We'll have this. Well, a couple shows. We'll have this show. We have, what do we have next week? We have this, No Discovery. I don't know. We'll this and Boba Fett. We'll this and Boba Fett. All right. Be a quick show next week. Yeah. And no Jamie, I guess. So we'll see. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to post it on the site. What we're going to talk Unless there's, some, unless there's something else we think of through the week that we hadn't thought of before. All right. Well, we'll post it up if we do. All yeah. right. I've got. It's fine because I've got a shit ton of work to do this week. I don't have time to watch any TV or go to movies. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually do, I actually do a lot of work this week for a change. So. Um, all right. Great. So great um, talking to you. All right. Yes, you too. Gonna, However, one last thing. And, I will, yeah, go ahead. I will be remiss if we do not mention the very sad news uh, oh. that Betty White Betty passed White. away before her 100th birthday. I was so oh, angry. Yeah. When I read that she passed I away, too. I was so mad. She, she, didn't, she didn't even make it to 2022, and she was so close to her 100th birthday. Like, I just want an interview with her recently. And she was saying how, you know, they asked her how she, you know, she's done it. And she goes, I don't need anything green. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. And I mean, I, um, they had, you know, they, there was a movie event that they had planned for, it was like a documentary movie event that was going to be one night only on her birthday in theaters was the only way you were, you were going to be able to see it. Oh, no. And, uh. She did not make it. And, you know, and it's funny because I kept thinking, because I'm sure you've heard the things through the years and everything, you know, she's always had this huge crush on Robert Redford and everything. And I was thinking, oh, my God, how amazing would it be if they do something where he goes, you know, to see her on her birthday, you know, (laughs) after all these years and everything. And and now just, uh, I was very, very um... sad. I was in the grocery store yesterday, and you know how, like, magazines, they go to press probably, like, two weeks before they hit the stands, and so People Magazine, the cover said Betty White turns 100 because they, you know, <laughs> put it up on stands a week before yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really sad. She was like, I mean, I knew, she, I knew a lot about how great she was, but I really didn't know until I read a lot of stories this week that she's been on television since, like, 1950 five or something and she had her own sitcom yeah, in like the fifth yeah. I read she that started she on the radio daily, yes and I read she did a show six days a week where she she went live for four mm-hmm. straight hours like six days a week and just like at like just went yeah. live and just talked the whole time incredible it's really sad it's sad to to not yeah. see her make a hundred and it's sad to lose like one of our last links to that sort of age of television. Yeah. So, so. thanks for mentioning that. All yep. right. All right, folks. Sad note, we'll sign off. I'm done. Stick a fork in me. We'll do it again next week. All right. Nice talking to you. Happy New Year, everybody. Bye. <laughs>